The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand up comedy? You want stand up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Not a very funny day, but we'll do our best to lighten it up a little bit. Oh, brother. Good morning. I'll let the band play. Catch you driving me crazy. Why not let the band play? And the band played on. Good morning, folks. It is Thursday, October 26, 2023. Uh, Not a very funny day. Uh, We'll try not to bring you down too much, but lots of bad news. And it seems like we're content with just letting this cycle repeat. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Uh, we have another um, singer, songwriter, musician, producer uh, from Dayton, Ohio, later on at 10.15 today. And I'm wondering if the guys, the guys, Willie and GD, are starting to get the uh, sense that I have talked about uh, lack of coincidence. I don't pick the dates for these people. They picked the dates, but it's three days in a row. Independent music from Ohio. Coincidence? Okay. But it, it happens a lot on this program. And I, the more you see it happen, you're like, what the hell is going on? Why does this happen like this? Anyway, it's not, it's not like something that you really need to kind of, uh, it's not like an important a sub- subject or topic that you need to put too much thought into, but it does make you wonder. Anyway, in case you're living under a rock, not Iraq, the country, if you're living under a rock, a rock, <laughs> you probably uh, are well aware that we've had another mass shooting in America. This one in Maine. Try that in a small town, huh? Well, I guess he did. Um, And somebody, lady named Hummingbirder, congratulations to Hummingbirder. You have officially created the dumbest post ever on the internet. And that takes some doing. If you're familiar with this internet thing, 
there's a lot of dumb shit going on. She says, do not blame the guns or mental illness for what Robert Card, that's the shooter, uh, Robert Carr did. Millions of Americans own guns and never hurt anyone. Millions of Americans have mental illness, illness and never hurt anyone. This man is evil and sinful. Evil is the issue. Uh, while it might be true that lots of people own guns and never hurt anyone, and lots of people have mental illness and never hurt anyone, clearly enough people who own guns hurt people and enough people with mental illness hurt people, and we certainly don't want to give the mentally ill people AR-15s and just set them free on society. So that, and just her uh, comment that the man is evil and sinful, evil is the issue. Well, what's your solution? Is it going to be more thoughts and prayers? Because thoughts and prayers are for even if you believe in thoughts and prayers and their power, therefore the aftermath, they're not going to stop the killing. What do you got for the people getting killed? You got anything? And this is the issue. Now, I, I put on a Facebook last night for the people who don't, the cowards who are, are thinking, oh, they're going to come and take my guns, which is ridiculous. Nobody's going to come and take your gun. And the people who just don't want any more gun laws, none. What is your solution? Is it the good guy with the gun? Because there wasn't, a, where were the good guys with the gun? They're never there. And a good guy with a gun only can help after the fact. In other words, somebody opens fire first, then then the good guy with the gun starts shooting the the bad guy. But by that time, people are already dead. But if that's your solution, I want to hear about it. I want to hear some solutions. What is your solution, if not more uh, stricter control of who can get guns, assault weapons? And you can quibble over what qualifies as an assault weapon. Well, if you got a gun that can kill 22 people in 30 seconds, let's not fucking argue over uh, the word assault, what it means, in the and, and the word weapon. We know what that word means. What's your solution? Do you have one? Or are you just content to let this keep happening over and over again Tell you what, if it happened and it happened to your wife or your kid or your brother or your sister, or your mother, or your father, or even your friends, maybe you'd care a little bit more and think about a solution. Um, listen, you don't want to, you don't want any more gun laws. What do you want? You just want to let it continue. Or do you have a solution? And I asked for a solution. And nobody wants to offer one. Oh, it might sound stupid. I don't care at this point. Offer something. Because it sure seems like you don't care. You don't even fucking care that this is going on. You don't even want to bother to even say, well, I have an idea. You got an idea at all? Um, anyway. Let's bring in, uh, uh, GD is here. Uh, we, we seem to have lost our Willie. Maybe, uh, our Willie is just hanging somewhere. 
Maybe he's overslept, but we'll bring in uh, GD. Good morning, GD. Morning, morning, morning. Uh, 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 just get this started straight. Uh, mind dog coffee. I don't always drink coffee, but when I do, I get the shit. Mind dog coffee. Now, when you say get the shit, does it have the shit or get the shit? Because get the shit seems like you're on the receiving end of somebody giving you shit or lots of shit, not just one shit, but plural shit. I have to check with my scriptwriter. I thought it was get the shit. If you like, if it's you, as like a condition, no, like a, I'm pretty you know, sure like, you're right. That is a common use of the word, but I, I, it's not. It's not a good norm, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, here's one for you. Here's one for you. And I, I did this. Um, I was with a buddy of mine. We were at a, a wine festival, a wine tasting festival, right? I guess you go there to taste wine, uh, but it was a, a festival. And we were sitting there, and, and we were sitting in a place where lots of people were walking by. And when people would walk by, I would stop them and say, excuse me, do you call in sick or out sick? <laughs> and, and, man, if there were, like, more than two people, it, they would just start saying, no, you call in sick because you're calling into the office. I said, no, but you're calling into the office to let them know that you're going to be out sick. So you're right. calling out sick. Said, no, but you're calling into the office. And, and then they walk away with that conversation, no matter what they were talking about, as they got to my, my bench, by the time they were leaving, they were discussing in sick and out sick. They, they both had to call out sick tomorrow because they're both injured from beating the shit out of each other over the argument. <laughs> I, have always, I always said call in. I'm just going to call in. I, didn't, I don't even put sick in it. I'm just call in. And, uh, but... Yeah, that's a that's a good one. The other one that drives me crazy. Well, not crazy, but it. Uh, English people say pay rise, not raise. You, okay. Pay you you you're negotiating for a pay rise. <laughs> raise. Well, they, they they they've um. They're hiding behind um Queen's English immunity. That's all. You know, they say this is what the Queen would say. Says uh, uh we get away with it. Right. Uh, I want to, you know, I don't want to bum people out, but this shooting thing, is, it, it makes me angry that nobody is on, who is opposed to any uh, new gun regulations, the 2A people. And listen, I support the Second Amendment to a certain extent, but I don't think people should be allowed to own any kind of weapon. Now, you shouldn't be allowed to own a uh, nuclear weapon or a F-16, but if if you're not going to uh, put any restrictions on the Second Amendment, then why not? But right. the people who who uh, are that the un unrestricted Second Amendment, uh, they're not offering any solutions. Like it, they they're comfortable with letting this happen. And my contention is. If it happened to your kid, if it happened to your mother, if it happened to your father, your brother, your sister, your friends, maybe it might change your perspective. And I am kind of wishing that on anybody who doesn't offer any kind of solution. Bad, I'm evil. This lady, hummingbird, hummingbirder lady who says it's evil and uh, evil is the problem. Maybe I'm evil, but I'm wishing it on anybody who doesn't even have the balls to offer a solution. What is your I, I have, well, I've lost. So many, literally, so literally in the literal sense, the proper use of the word literally, I literally do not even know how many people I've lost in my family to gun violence and gunfire. I do have no idea. 
I do know that I've lost one dog, and that's the one that upset me the most because I was still a child. A guy, we were delivering liquor to this house next door to us, and our dog was in our yard, and he was in, he was approaching the yard next to us, which has a fence around it. He sees our dog and shoots it in the back of the head, saying that the dog was going to attack him. Wow. The, the, not only that, I mean, the back of the, got my, shot my dog in the back of the head, um, I don't know what my dog was going to attack him with unless he knew about my dog's prolific gas problem, okay, which he did have. I mean, we tried real hard. We could tell when he was going to fart, but, you know, we had – but and sometimes we would try to get him to move away from the heat vent because they were blowing gas. So he was really – I don't know who what we were feeding him, but it made his farts really stink. But I don't think the guy delivering the liquor knew that. Yeah. Okay, no. it's not like we told people – how bad his gas was. So the <laughs> fact that so the fact that his ass end was facing a guy and the dog could not have shit that far because he had solid shit, not the liquid stuff. <laughs> and again, the guy wouldn't know that. So he shot my dog in the back of the head because of no good reason. Well, and that, he barked. Because the dog I wish barked. he had barked. What oh. is well, my dog my, my dog had this pattern. When he came out the house, he always turned left to mark his bush. And that's what he was doing. Wow. He had turned left to Marcus Bush. So this guy just um, saw the dog, and the dog wasn't uh, wasn't aggressive in any way. Just saw no. the dog and shot it. No, when Brutus was aggressive, it was after he peed, not during or before. That's bizarre. And did anything yeah, he, happen to the guy? I honestly don't know because I was so young. My understanding is he gave my mother like seventy five dollars or something, something to like. To help bury the dog or something. Wow. No, he, but he gave my, he settled with my mom. It, it did not, you know, I was, like I said, I was a child. I was maybe 11, 12 years old at the time, you know? And yeah. so the, so I was called for jury duty and it was a gun violence case. And they were voidiering the witness, voidiering the jury. And when they, and they said so they asked everybody who had been involved um, in gun violence or victim of gun violence to raise their hand. So I raised my hand. So the judge got to me and they, you know, and the two attorneys, defense and the prosecutor were there. So it was the four of us. And the judge says, okay, explain how you were involved in the gun violence. And I, and I said, okay, well, I said, my uncle was shot and killed. He was robbed, shot and killed um, after closing up his business. Uh, and they said, do they know who did it? Or did they catch the person who did it? And I said, well, everybody knows who did it, but they did not have enough evidence to prosecute. But wow. yeah, it, everybody knows who did it. They just didn't have enough evidence to prove it. But it's, we know, but you couldn't prove it. And, uh, and, and then they said, and, and then so the judge goes, was that it? You know, and I went, well, I said, and the guy shot my dog in the back of the head. And then I just started bawling like a baby. <laughs> I, did not, I mean, I told the story about my uncle. And I was close to my uncle. Now, I used to go to his house after after school almost every day until my mother got home. You know, him and my aunt, I used to hang out at their house and everything, and I was really close to them. And I didn't, not a dry, not a tear in my eye when I told the story about how he was gunned down and robbed wow. by somebody that we knew, but we couldn't prove it. And then I, but I started to talk about my dog, and I started bawling like a baby. They like, the prosecuting and the defense, like looking for tissues to give me a Kleenex and shit and, and I was just bawling and they just excused me 
And I can still hear them talking. Oh, that man got it bad. And I would, I've never been called back for jury duty again. That was like wow. 33 years ago. Holy crap. Well, uh, yeah. You know what? I don't even know where to go with that. Um, because I've had family members who were victim of gun violence, too. But gun violence is different. And I'm not saying it's better. But right. it, it's very different than this guy who hadn't meant a history of mental problems. He was institutionalized, psychotic, just this summer, had made threats of, of shooting up the National Guard and still was allowed to just ab- able to just take an AR-15 and go to a bowling alley and a bar and a Walmart all in like a really short period and just shoot the place up, you know, with rapid fire. You can call them assault weapons. You can call them machine guns, whatever the fuck you want to call them. And the mental illness and the gun combined make for a really deadly cocktail. And nobody wants to offer any kind of solutions. Uh, They're just willing to let it happen and say, well, if there was a good guy with a gun, I'm sure there are plenty of good guys with guns in that, in that mix of people. Walmart, the people who go to Walmart definitely uh, are good guys with guns. <laughs> and in Maine, and, and Maine, the way that, okay, I, I have family and friends in Maine. And so I, I, I can say this. There are a lot of fucking guns in Maine. <laughs> There's a lot of guns in America. It's like more guns yeah. than people. Yeah, I'm just saying, but, but and Maine is, uh, what I'm trying to say is like Maine is vacation land. Right. Okay, which means Hunters. there's a lot of, quote, yeah. It's vacation land, so there are a lot of decent people there because they they want your money, so they need they're decent to you, you know. So they're nice people for the most part. So there are nice, lot of nice people per capita with guns in Maine. Uh, is one of, is my point. There, you know, per capita, there are probably a lot of good people with guns, and they didn't stop the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because it, that's because it's a fallacy, a myth, and bullshit. Right. You know, it's, it's one of those talking points that people make. So that on the one time it does happen, they can say, see, I told you. Right. And here's the thing with this evil, uh, this hummingbirder who says uh, the man is evil and sinful. Evil is the issue. Well, the only what what is your way to battle evil? And it, it comes down to your religion and your prayers and all that stuff. And so you're basically saying there is no solution. Let's just keep letting it out. Right, and, right. And, uh, yeah, or they're saying it's up to God, which is, okay, that's beyond my scope. That's there's something the reverend has to deal with, and he'll... Besides he'll that, if, it. if it's yeah. up to God, let God get on it a little bit earlier. I mean, he should, he should be able to spot it. I think, I think God wants to, but Mrs. God has got him doing a honey-do list, and he can't do the things he wants to do until he finishes the thing that Mrs. God told him he has to do. Right. So, well, I got called a hypocrite because... Uh, last night, uh, my fa- well, yesterday afternoon, my father-in-law passed away, and last night, yes, I'm, yeah, my condolences on that. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I asked for uh, my wife, who is a very religious person uh, and is devastated by. It. I asked her for thoughts and prayers for her because she needs them and she believes in them, and people are, are sending them for me. It's like. Uh, but so in the same same night, I said, your thoughts and prayers aren't working for this stuff. And so, oh, well, you don't believe in it for that. Why'd you ask for it for for your wife's uh, father? I, I didn't ask for it for him. I asked for her. She believes in it. But that's besides right. the point. I, I mean, I'm not I didn't ask for it for me. I'm not necessarily 
believing that thoughts and prayers are going to change anything. But if it's more comforting to her, I want her to know that people are, are putting it out there for her. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying if you are inclined to uh, put out thoughts and prayers for the victims, do that. But let's also kind of come up with something to yeah, prevent actions and, Yeah, deeds and actions as well. Yeah. yeah, give me something. Nothing. Crickets. I get nothing. I mean, they won't even come up with a fake or a ridiculous-sounding solution because they got nothing. And, and they, that just well, comes down to you don't care. You just don't fucking care. Well, that's... I. See, the only way they're going... Well, there's two levels of, quote, I guess, caring. There is the monetary version. You know, the people who are making money selling the guns. Okay, you have to make them care, which right. basically comes through lawsuits, which which isn't going to happen as long as they've got their hands around the necks and testicles and vulvas of the people in Congress. Right? Did I say vulva? I, vulva. No, I got the wrong body vulva. part. Vulva. Yeah, <laughs> Vulvas. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but the so. That's the one thing. And then there's the idiots who just go along for the ride. The Second Amendment people who, and, and, when I, and, and I'm not saying all Second Amendment people are idiots. I'm talking about the ones that are idiots, okay? <laughs> the ones that are idiots know they're idiots because they have no answer. And they, and they, just, ride, they just ride platitudes, the wave of platitudes. It's my right. Don't take away my right. Or, you know, right. It's like, no. Not all rights have limits and a yeah. price. I think the people had a right to go to Walmart. I think the people had a right to go to the bar and the bowling alley without getting gunned down. That's what I think about rights. Um, so yeah, and then uh, the other really bad story: Cooper Union in New York City, um, Jewish people being attacked and kind of uh, taking shelter uh, within the union. Because because they're Jewish, um, right? No matter what you feel about Israel or any of the stuff in the conflict there, because I am definitely of the there's no good guys in in, in that in war. There, you know, right. no good side. But civilians and the Jews, you don't take it out on Jews because you're mad at Israel. That that is anti-Semitism. Just like you you don't. Uh, you know, you don't you don't lump a group of people in for something they're not responsible, even if they are adamantly on the side of Israel in their rhetoric and talking about they are not the ones killing children over there. You don't take you don't right. take it out on them. And so right. it's it, it's never acceptable to let that happen. And when you see that happening and people not doing anything to stop it, that's a slippery slope right back to Nazi Germany. And yeah. So this is this is what we wake up to, and, and you try to say, well, let's let's do something to, to distract people from these problems. But there's no getting away from it this morning. It's it's just like it's everywhere. Well, wow. um, on a bright note, I have another repairman coming to. Actually, technically, it's not a repairman. This my wife, my wife and I, when we first got this place two years ago, almost three years ago, it'd be three years in December. For those who are keeping track of my anniversaries, uh, December first uh, will be our third year in this in our new location here. Um, 
Where we do we do uh, something special on December first? We have a uh, yeah, yeah. We are we are doing something special on the December first um, on the show. I don't remember what it is because I haven't been told. But yeah, we're doing something special, and and my wife and I are doing something special on December first. Also, um, we don't know what it is yet because she hasn't told me. But we hate our sliding door swab patio, swab deck. We hate them. We, when we got here, we looked and you could see the crack. Of light, you can see light. You know, there's like a gap like this, and oh. so I and we knew we were going to replace it right off the bat, but we had other things crop up, and we had to spend the money on other things before we get to the door. So now we're finally getting to the door, you know, and I and I have like coughed and gapped and and put as put as much weather stripping around that door as I possibly could to keep the bugs out, which has worked for the most part. Except for I still have like a eighth of an inch gap at the bottom of the door, you know. So wow. So that yeah. now that's coming today. They're coming. This today. Is, it, it should be coming. This supposed to be coming this afternoon. Oh. And matter of fact, but yesterday's this. guy, yesterday's guy was scheduled for the afternoon. And, but well, turns out yesterday? he had. A, there was oh, a guy yeah. yesterday with a washer. Yeah, I, I, the days go by so fast; it feels like I know already. <laughs> and that was scheduled for the afternoon. I scheduled it for the afternoon, so would not I would not have to stop and deal with it. And but then they called and says uh, he's like right around the corner, working at another house. Can he come to your house? Um, that way he won't have to go across town and come back. And well, I thought if about he could, if that ever happens again, please get him on the show. Tell him we'll do, give him a free advertise. Come and plug his business and just uh, goof him up a little bit on the show. Make some use of him. I mean. Actually, I could have done that. I actually, and he would have, because I've dealt with him before, um, three years ago. His his wife is a musician. She plays in like three bands now. Sings, sorry, in three bands. Well, two bands and one duet. You know, because there's more money in right. duets because right. you can. I know, you don't have to tell me. Okay. Right, so <laughs> so she, she's catching on. And she's got a really good voice. I, I liken her voice to, um, Alison Moyer. Oh, yeah. And I love Alison Moyer's voice. I like um, you say Moyer. I would say Moyer. Uh, well, I've never heard anybody say it, so I default to my African-American heritage. Right. <laughs> when I pronounce words. Wait, you're African-American? Uh, I, I am. I, I got my card in the mail like a uh, couple weeks. That's long ago. I can't have you on the show. There's no way I'll get in the clan if, if they find out I'm having you on the show. Well, tell them I'm just tell them I'm a nigra. Oh, okay. <laughs> and man, just say I have a, just say I work with a nigra fella. That's, that way, it was... sounds like an exotic vegetable. <laughs> a nigra fella. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had a guy when I was this is when I was still living in Florida. He he found out I was a comedian. This is an elderly white guy. The uh, I was making my rounds of the senior senate, senior homes, and this elderly white guy, when he found out I was a comedian, goes, "I got a joke for you." Oh, it goes, I "Got a joke for you. I got a joke for you." And he says, "Uh, there's this nigger fella." <laughs> and, and, and I looked at him, and I thought to myself, "This better be one good fucking joke." <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. I sat here and gave them the benefit of the doubt, and it was terrible. It wasn't even there was no punchline. Well, it was just a, what you're alluding to is why I think black people should not be offended when they hear 
the n-word because it, it the n-word is really it it's just so stupid it's it's southern people's mispronunciation of the word negro and it just shows how ignorant they were so to me every time i would hear that word i'd just laugh at it and say hey, you're just showing how stupid you are uh but i you know there, you know, there's all kinds of different takes on it, but that's my take on it. Not being black, I just you know, whenever I hear it, I think, yeah, you must be from Mississippi, or you learned to read from Mississippi because that's not how you pronounce the word. <laughs> uh, that's not the see the thing, and it doesn't bother me. Uh, again, I, I was raised that there are no bad words, only bad intentions. Right, and and I'm also I was uh, this I was not raised to believe. This is just something I came to the conclusion of that I am in control of my own emotions. And so people can say to me what they want, and I choose how I'm going to respond. That's and a very Tom Segura um, attitude, by the way. Tom Segura says that all the time. That's that's his thing. Is like, uh, you, you know what? You're you're in charge of your own feelings and emotions. I should be able to say whatever I want. And sure, if it makes you feel bad, but it's your you. It's on you to deal with it. I don't have to watch what I say just not to make you feel bad. Now, see, now I, the difference between me and Tom Segura is when I say it, I'm funny. When he says it, he's a dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and although I've never met him and I do not know him, I've never even heard his material. Oh. well. Is that yeah. his picture that you show when you do that? Funnier than Tom. Is that his picture? Or yeah. is that just some guy doing that? No, that's, that's him. Okay. I know what he was He like used now. to be really fat. And he was kind of funny when he was really fat. And then uh, he slimmed down, and then uh, he got he was playing basketball. He was still a little chubby when he was playing basketball, and he broke his arm playing basketball. Don't ask how. To me, I've seen the clip, and I don't. I still don't understand how you just totally shatter your arm. But in his recovery to that, he started working out and got in shape, and then that changed him a lot. He got like an attitude towards uh, everybody else, like. He, and he's actually created, he's produced some uh, videos with people that work for him praising him. Just, you know, it's like a narcissist uh, starts a company and just has people talk about what a wonderful and great and, and superhuman being he is. But he's paying them to say that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't have enough money to to even get people to come close to saying nice things for me for pay. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't afford. I, I, no. Go out no. with a bag of cookies. Could you say something nice about me, please? Just on camera yeah. really quick. I can't even. Yeah, I wouldn't even be able to get people to do that. Um, it's, but my, my wife, when I turned 60, uh, well, okay, when I turned 60, my wife wanted to throw me a party like a friend of mine had had. A friend of mine, when he turned 60, had a party, and it looked like, the BET awards because he had done so much good for the, for the youth in the African-American community that he had all these young kids who he helped find scholarships for to go to college at this place, praising him. And my wife goes, we should do something like that for you. I said, why? I said, I haven't helped anybody. Like I haven't. No, I said, don't do it. I said, nobody's going to show up and you're going to have your feelings hurt. That you're the only one who's but you make people laugh. I said, nobody remembers that. I said, nobody remembers that. That's pretty true. By the way, tomorrow, Jackie and Peter, Jackie uh, Martling and Peter Bales will be here having some comedians back because it's been a long week of Ohio musicians. Um, do you have any thoughts on this coincidence? that Because 
again, I don't pick the dates. The calendar is there. It gets filled up by people requesting dates. Well, I, 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 I don't have because I, I don't, I don't believe like in, I don't, I don't know, I don't have an intelligent answer for that because I, as an, as a psychology dabbler, I know that people look for patterns in places where they're not necessarily are always patterns, right. but you know because because we look for meaning, but on the other hand. I'm not so arrogant to think that there's not some kind of force out there that can't dabble with, you know, what we think and believe right. and experience. I don't know so, if I think it's a force or anything. It's just very weird and unexplainable. And sometimes it just feels like it feels like this is meant to happen. For, like there's something I'm supposed to take away from this, something I'm supposed to figure out, like not necessarily like God or spiritual or any of that kind of stuff, right. just like there, there's a lesson for me in this, and I can't figure out what the fuck it is. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find a name right now because one day, uh, I'm with several years ago now, but I'm going back on my calendar. I had two guys with the same name. I was doing was a that, morning was show. Was that the Lambert? Was that the Lambert one? No, no. I was doing a uh, morning show. A uh, I'm an afternoon show, a one o'clock in the afternoon show on my 8 p.m. show, seven days a week. And Lee, I think it's Lee Brewster. It might be Lee Brewster, uh, filled out the form for one o'clock. And then five minutes later, Lee Brewster filled out the form for eight o'clock. And I was like, wait a minute, what what time do you want? And it turned out to be two different guys with the same name, picking the same day two, you know, both shows. Pretty bizarre. Uh, and that, well, like, that's a coincidence, but it's a very, it's a weird coincidence. It's something like you can't, you, the odds are minuscule, right? The odds of that happening. I, now, what would, now, what if they're going alphabetically? Um, what were, was a, because were there people from like Nebraska, an influx of a lot of Nebraska people before the O, Ohio, and then maybe next, <laughs> then we'll get into the Pennsylvania people. You know what I'm saying? Is they like, I know, maybe maybe they're going alphabetically. Maybe they know something that we don't know. They're like, okay, Ohio people. Ohio, Ohio. Okay. Get in line. Get in line. No, only the musicians right now. We'll take the we'll take the comedians. Uh, we'll take them first. And then we'll do the musicians. And then we'll wind up with the hypnotist. Okay. Sounds like and a then, conspiracy theory. Like they're all in on it. They're all yeah. on it. Just to try and fuck with my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just got a text from Willie. So sorry, he just woke up. Uh, <laughs> so now he's going to get the slowest part of the internet. <laughs> he's yeah. like first come first serve. It's like it's like when I was a kid and we used to have breakfast, and my brother gets to get to breakfast first, so he got the good bacon, you know. Yeah. And I uh, got the. I'm know. wondering if he's uh, if he's going to be yawning more or less. He, he's definitely uh, been having a yawning uh, thing going on. <laughs> but will it be more or less? We should put this on my bookie. Over under on the, the number of yawns Willie brings to the show today. And, and the number, number of times he popped in and out. Yeah. What is your take on uh, Mike Johnson, man? Oh. I See, I... <laughs> all right. 
I wrote a meme. Before you, before you go. Okay. Let, let me tell you, Ron Filipikowski, Filipikowski, uh, Filipikowski, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, from Midas Touch, he, he on October 4th, he said, I have a strong feeling, and this guy, he makes predictions like this all the time, he's never wrong, he said, I have a strong t- feeling that the next Speaker of the House is not going to be anybody that people are t- talking about right now, so he 100% right again, uh, you can go. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, my, my, I don't want to tip my hand because I'm going to use some of this material. Fuck it. It's a different audience, I think. But <laughs> first of all, most people, like I said, most people did not know who Mike Johnson was. Right. Uh, and so he's like the, that if this is not material, I'm just saying he is like Jim Jordan. It's like in the black community, we say there's, there's Jim Crow and James Crow Esquire. It's the same thing, just a little dressed up. Well, he is like the James, he's like the James, James Jordan Esquire, you know, he would the suit, the tie and, and, and lesser known. Um, but the thing, the thing is, once people get to know Mike, Mike Johnson, they're going to just start calling him Mike Hunt because <laughs> that's, they already have, that's, that's, it was on yeah, that's my material. Okay. It, see, that's my thing. I'll have to it, work for it. Uh, he's a Christo fascist by far though. I mean, um, he, he has said uh, that America is not a democracy; it is a biblical republic. Yeah, this is the speaker of the house. Yeah, scary, scary fucking people. Right, uh, and I think a lot of the people supporting him. You know, I know a lot of Trumpers and a lot of MAGA people, and I guess yeah. they're the same thing. I know a lot who are atheists. But still, somehow they are okay with us going down this road of biblical uh, citizenship tests and all this kind of stuff, and Christian philosophy being the la- uh, the religion of the land, and re- getting rid of uh, separation of church and state completely, and having the church run the state. They're fine with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Really, they don't and, re- and, <laughs> realize that they're sinners as much as me. <laughs> and they are fine with losing their rights and their freedom of choice as long as it's their people who are taking away their rights. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's like don't don't you take away my guns, but you can take away my right to choice over my body because you're one of us and I'll follow you anywhere. You could take away my right to citizenship because I don't pray to the same invisible right. man you do. Or my right to vote, or whatever you know, my right to marry to whoever I want. Right. Yeah, they don't care as long as it's their people that are taking away their rights. Oh, uh, Gen X talks. People at Willie got on the program. Uh, are you familiar with Gen X talks? It's um, a podcast no. of a kid, a Gen Z kid, kind of prodding his uh, Gen X uh, MAGA father to comment on political issues. And the kid he walks around with a cell phone and says, hey, dad, what do you think about this? And then catches the guy. Right? And the guy has gotten to his head that he thinks it's all about him. It's really about the kid. The popularity of the show is about the kid, the people loving that the kid is doing this to the father. And I'm not sure where the kid stands. I think he, he respects his father and all that. But I think, like most kids, he thinks his father's a little bit goofy, and I think that's what he's highlighting. And anyway, the father goes on these rants, which are 
very old. Like he's older than me, but he's not old. He's forty years. He's forty something, but he acts like older than me. He's old, crotchety, uh, conservative guy. Okay. And yet, yesterday he was uh, he pointed out something about uh, trans people, and he, he just put angry as his uh, thing on on on. It's like, why are you angry at what somebody else is doing with their life? You may not agree with it. You may think, well, that's a mistake. But why does it make you angry? And all I could think of is one less dick for you to suck. If if a guy, it was about, it was about guys getting their dick cut off to become a woman, and that made him angry. I was like, well, what? Why does that make you angry? It's his dick, not yours. And the only thing I could think of is one less dick for you to have. Why? Why else would you be angry about that? Because maybe he has a small one, and he's thinking to himself, why would they throw a perfectly good one? I, they should be lucky that they have one. Look what I got. They should yeah. be lucky. Well, then you you know? should be, he should be trying to pick it up and sew it on. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason to be angry about what somebody else does with their junk. I yeah. agree. Uh, unless just, unless they're junking it in you. Then you right. should have, yeah. Or or yeah. or just removing it from the, that option for you, and then you're you're that you know, I was gonna suck that dick. You threw it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's just bizarre how people uh, just react that way with anger. Let's do a commercial, and then um, maybe when we're we're done with the commercial, maybe Willie will be here. Let me tell people about Naked Wines because Naked Wines is a a great way to get naked and drink wine. No, it's not about that at all. It's about uh, eliminating the middleman. I don't know where naked came into the branding of this, but it probably does help sell wine at some point in some way. Um, but naked wines will, it cuts, cuts out the middleman. It's about increasing, not increasing, keeping the profits for the wineries while keeping costs down for you. It's a win-win for everybody and the quality uh, is is much better when you are directly involved with the people making the product. So find out about Naked Wines. This is Willie getting a little sexy here. Let's see what he has to say. Welcome to A Better Way to Buy Wine. NakedWines.com is a customer-funded wine business. We don't just sell wines. We make them happen. Since launching in the UK in 2008, Angels have helped us invest in over 159 independent winemakers in 14 different countries. Turns out, it's better business for everyone. Our winemakers get to sell all of their wines and make a living. We make the same margins as everyone else and have a lot of fun along the way. And as a wine drinker, for the $40 a month you probably would have spent on wine anyway, you'll get wholesale prices. You can be sure that all of our wines have been lovingly made by a talented winemaker and stripped of all the costs that add nothing to the flavor or quality of the juice in the bottle. Support independent winemakers. Get better wine in return. With the support of 300,000 wine drinkers, we fund talented, independent winemakers up front. This way, they get to spend all of their attention on making you the best wine possible. World-class wine, direct from talented, independent winemakers. A better deal, 
up to 60% off market prices. A better way to discover tasty new favorites with over 2 million reviews from wine drinkers like you. Become an angel today. Well, Get started by visiting MindDogTV.com and click the banner on the homepage now. Yeah, uh, you know, winemakers like you, like me, um, they're really good for business because if I were like a consistent wine drinker, wine companies would be making a bundle off of me not because I pour one sip and then I'm ready for bed. Uh, so I, you know, basically wasting a lot and, and buying more. Oh, you're on the phone. You're on the phone. I lost my audio. You lost your audio. We can hear you. Wow, that's weird. You lost your audio. Testing one, two. Go out and come back in. Yeah. Oh. Rumble is streaming, having trouble with Rumble right now. A lot of things going wrong right now. Everything, the wheels are coming off. I asked you to uh, uh, film a church service, not to do a mass shooting. Um, Okay. You got your audio back or no? Veterans are the problem. I, I think Carl's probably coming in a little late. Anyway, uh, so I'm here alone now. No Willie, no no GD. I'm alone again, naturally. It's been a while since I've been alone. I don't know if I can handle it, uh, being alone. Carl says uh, veterans are the problem. Um, well, if I come back to Hummingbird, there are lots of veterans who don't hurt anybody ever. Uh, so maybe that's not exactly a problem, although... Hummingbird is a complete fucking idiot. So there's that. GD's doing this. Can you hear me? Yeah, I apologize. I got a phone call while while doing a commercial. Oh. And I said I don't want to talk to you, and it just screwed up everything. That fucks up. It was a, and it was it was a robocall. Oh, robocall, and you didn't even hear what it was for. No, I turned it off. I I I get a lot of robocalls, and usually I can just. It happens while I'm streaming because I don't want to take the chance of like putting, you know, you can't do airplane mode. Right. You know, so I just hit, um, usually I can just say, I don't want to talk to you and everything is fine. It just goes on. But this is the first time where it disrupted my earbuds. And I veterans are the problem. Uh, I think he's probably listening to the beginning of the show or something. Uh, because we we moved on from the gun stuff, but he says veterans are the problem. Now, it doesn't every country have veterans like, and but that they don't have mass shootings. Like uh, Australia has veterans, Canada has right. veterans, uh, yeah, UK has veterans. They don't have mass shootings. Wonder why? You think? Yeah, it's it's not the veterans. No. Um, I go no. to the, by the way, I'll be at the VA today. I have two shows at the VA. I, I don't, I've been at the VA and it's full of veterans and there's never been a shooting there. You know why? Because they stop you on the way in and, and do a gun check on the way in. That's why. So The only you, weapon is your music. Yeah. And that kills them. I, that, I have killed people. I, that is definitely <laughs> true. Um, 
So I was going to save this for Willie, but uh, I've introduced a new segment to the program called What's the Purpose? What's the Purpose? It's a good one for you. The appendix. You know what the purpose of the appendix is? Well, well, it supposedly was, uh, I think it was like a filter. Like it designed, at one point it was like like an edit filter to get toxins out of your body or something. Um, well, how do we fun. how do we live without it then? Because they take it out of kids. Sometimes kids have appendicitis. They take it out. Kids live a perfectly normal life. They say you don't need it. Right. They say you don't need it because I think part of it is because a lot of the things that we ate back then, you know, we were, you know, we weren't, we didn't have like processed food, and so our bodies were being prone and attacked by so many different things that we're eating off the ground and shit, you know scavenging or whatever but as we got closer or further away from gather hunters and closer to processed foods that we were less bombarded with those whatever bacteria that the appendix specialized in well uh there is uh, still a lot of debate about the actual purpose of the bacteria uh, of uh, of the appendix. Some people suggest that it is a remnant uh, from evolution, from uh, and it's proof of evolution that we were evolved from other animals because uh, there really is no purpose. Other uh, scientists suggest that the appendix acts as a safe house for good bacteria. Uh, after intense diarrhea, the appendix repopulates and reboots the intestine with good bacteria before harmful bacteria find a home there. See, now that sounds like a bunch of um, hippy dippy crap. Because you think about it, uh, why would why do I why do we need a safe house inside our body? Okay, that sounds like something like those bad germs are going to say something that will offend me. But we need a safe place to go. Us good germs need a safe place to go so we don't get hurt, our feelings hurt by the bad feelings. So let's let's go into the appendix until the bad germs go away. No, sorry, that doesn't work. Under why is the, uh, why is the appendix vest- vesticle? Uh, human appendix may be considered as a vesticle organ. It has been proved that the uh, removal of the organ after infancy does not create any harm, uh, but the appendix has developed to the extreme in human and strategically placed uh, it to an important site at the junction of the midgut and hindgut. What does that mean? <laughs> we don't need it. Now, anyway. I, I, like I said, I got my, my appendix ruptured um, when I was like 40 or something. No, it wasn't 40. Uh, in my 30s, when my appendix ruptured. And it hurt like a mother. <laughs> but when my appendix ruptured, I didn't have any of the signs that they typically look for with appendicitis. Wow, so, like pain on the right side, that kind of ouch. Right, because first of all, when I walked, as soon as it happened, I knew what it was. I was walking, carrying a ladder, and I doubled over in pain. I went, oh, fuck, my appendix. Just like that. I, it was like, those were my first words. And the wow. lady where I was working, I was working in the backyard. I was working on a telephone pole, and the lady comes out, and she sees me double over, and I never drop my ladder because I'm a professional. And she goes, are you okay? And I went, my appendix. I think I, I think it's ruptured. She goes, you better get to the doctors right away. So I, I said, I, I said, I, I said, I think I can make it. I got one more job to do. I think I can make it 
till I get home. And I'm because I'm thinking if it hadn't killed me, let's go. So I went in, I did my next job. I went and I called the doctors, and they're saying no, and they're analyzing it over the phone. They're going like, "Well, where does it hurt?" I said, "My appendix." They said, "Well, then it can't be your appendix because <laughs> internal organs have referred pain. You don't feel pain exactly where they are when it comes to internal organs because it's referred pain. It's like your like a heart attack. You don't feel it in your heart. You feel it in your shoulder here. Really." You, you know, yeah, this like you. So you have a heart attack. You grab here, you know. You don't grab like here most of the time. It's like here, and so there. So they were right. So they were going under this assumption that because I knew exactly what it was, that it couldn't be that. It had to be something else to mimic that. And the fact that I was still walking around without a fever, and I didn't have a fever. Also, they said so. It's not that. It's probably the flu. And I said no, no. It's it's my appendix. So they just said, well, they just said it was the flu. Told me to take some drugs or something and call them the, the next day. So that night, I had a dream that I was operating on myself. Oh. And, I had, and I had everything taken out of my stomach, laying on the bed. And I said, that's it. See? It's my appendix. Look at that. It's inflamed. And, I, and so just then I had to pee. And I had to pee in real life. But I couldn't wake up to pee until I put everything back inside the body. So I didn't have time to fix my appendix because otherwise I'd wet the bed. So I put everything back in, and I, but I tie the appendix off so it doesn't break. And then I go to the bathroom and I pee and I wake up and I tell my fiance um, what happened. She goes, you have such vivid dreams. And so when I go to the doctor, my, my appendix got so bad if I went into the doctor and he goes, you don't have appendicitis. And he gave me some drugs and sent me home. And he goes, if you're not better by Thursday, you know, call me on Friday and we'll have you come in for, you know, see another doctor. Thursday, I called and said, you're going to see me fucking now. Yeah, I'm in pain. It's my appendix. So I go in. They, he says, it's not your appendix, but if it makes you feel better, we'll get an x-ray. The doctor's name was Dr. Gross. Okay. That was his name. That's Dr. Gross. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. So Dr. Gross sends me to get an x-ray. Now, the x-ray technician does something that they don't usually do. He gives me the x-ray when he's done. And they roll me back to the doctor. So he's giving me the x-ray. And I'm waiting for someone to come roll me. And, and I, so I look at my x-ray. And there's notes on there by the technician. It says, uh, looks like the appendix looks inflamed. Cannot rule out acute appendicitis. Cannot rule out acute appendicitis. That's what he wrote. And so I put it back in the envelope and I give it to Dr. Gross and he looks at it and he goes, I don't think it's appendicitis. And he puts it back in the envelope. And I said, well, the technician seems to think it is. Well, he says, the technician can't rule it out. And he goes, did the technician talk to you? I said, well, first of all, he should have because it's my appendix. But no, I read it in the, in the x-ray. He goes, well, he shouldn't have given you the x-ray. And so... He goes, well, I'll tell you what, if it makes you feel any better, we'll do a rectal exam. Like, no, that's not going to make me feel any better. But I swear, I will swear to the, I will swear on anything that he stuck something up my ass this big. Because I had never been so sore. And, I'd had, and I've had him play hemorrhoids ever since. I think he punished me by sticking the biggest thing he could find up my ass. <laughs> now... So, it's bizarre that he doesn't want the technician showing you your x-ray. Don't you have a right to see your x-ray as a patient? 
Don't, I have no I idea. But he, he he lost his shit. So they, I, but I was being such a pain in the ass, and now he was being a pain in my ass. And so <laughs> he got, yeah, literally. So they got an, another nurse to look, their gastrointestinal specialist, to look at my x-rays. And this is just to appease me, because I was like, I was being like a, an uppity Negro. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm you like, yo, that. you have to, yeah. So he, to appease that. me, he gave my x-ray to the gastrointestinal specialist. And her name is, I don't remember her last name, because she just said, call me Mary. You're in a lot of pain. Just call me Mary to get the doctor sit. And so she looked at it. She goes, oh, God. She goes, we want to get you into surgery right away. Your appendix is like, you know, she says, this is your appendix. You should be, in, we're going to get you in surgery right away. And I looked at it and I said, no. I said, because my car is outside. I will meet you at the hospital. I will drive to the hospital for the surgery. And she says, are you sure? I said, look, I've made it this far. I said, I, I'm going to trust myself now. Fuck the doctors. I'm trusting myself. I'm driving to the hospital. So I drove to the hospital. When they put me under and they, you know, they take out my appendix, she said that my appendix, she says that, my appendix did something that it's not, she said it, did, she said it responded perfectly. That when it got inflamed, it like, it, it developed like a mucousy tape membrane around it that kept all the toxins in place. So it was just like taking out a, a little bag, a little baggie of toxins. All right. So. Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Now, first, uh, this is a, a long section of what is the purpose, by the way. This is a uh, second day of uh, what is the purpose, and uh, it's gone far longer than I anticipated, but that's okay. We got a good story here. First of all, are you a litigious person, a litigious person by na nature and ready to, because I would be suing just for the pain and discomfort they caused you for four days and the risk of life they put to you because a burst appendix could kill you all the while they were negating that or just like not paying attention to it and you was, were saying it, that yeah, it was putting you at risk for death. Did you ever think about suing? I did because I wanted Dr. Gross out of practice. Um, he was such a, he was such an incompetent doctor. I didn't want him working on anybody else, you know, and he was like in his, he was, he was, an, he should have retired already. Okay. I don't know why he was there. He was like in his late hundreds. Now, actually, I probably 70s or 60s. I, I was in my 30s. So to me, he just looked fucking ancient. But I did go to a lawyer and they said, well, because I made a complete recovery, there's really nothing that was, it wasn't worth going to court. You, by the time you drag it out, you Pain get like suffering, loss of time at work, uh, and the risk. I got, uh, I got paid. He says, because I got paid for work, the, uh, the, hospital the hospital covered all of the surgery, not even my insurance company. Wow. The, 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 not the hospital, the doctor, the, the, what was it, HMO? PPO. Which one? Okay. The know. HMO is when they pick your doctor through the insurance company, right? HMO. And PPO I don't know. is when you have your own doctor. <laughs> I don't know. I don't well, go to doctors. I don't deal with insurance companies. This is my problem, but God. <laughs> okay. Well, this is this. See, they, this was not my doctor. This was the doctor, my health insurance company picked right. Dr. Gross. I had my own doctor, but doctor, I had to not, go to the, Dr. Pristine and not gross. Uh, or Dr. Right. Clean. Yes. 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 Dr. Cuffy. Yeah. D-U-F-F-E-E. -E. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, next question here is we, uh, we've discussed the appendix and the purpose of the appendix and what could go wrong with the appendix. 
But why is the last page of a book called the appendix? Because <laughs> now I I actually happen to know this, but I can't tell you because you're not in the appendix unit. Uh, you still have your appendix, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, I can't tell you. You actually have to have your appendix removed before I can tell you that. That's really yeah. weird. That's really yeah. weird. Ask anybody, ask anybody who's already had their appendix removed, they will give you the same answer that they can't is there a tell directory, you. Is there a like a uh, directory of people who've had their appendix removed that I could get phone numbers from uh, to make this call? Or is it like a secret organization of people without appendixes? P W A P W A. Well, it's actually we have a we actually use a roller deck. Uh, yeah, we we have an we have an appendix roller deck that we use. Uh, Bean says because it's not really needed the appendix at the back of the book, but it is kind of needed. Uh, it covers your ass for stuff like uh, citations and references, and uh, you know where you got quotes from and all that. So it, it is needed in the book, even though it's not needed in people really. So that's why I'm confused or why they even bother calling it the appendix. They should call it the heart because you need your heart. <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, I'm all lost here. Anyway, um, maybe it's time to play uh, comedians. Who, let's try something different here. I'm going to play okay. comedians who are funnier than Segura, and let's see if we can get uh, the chat room to uh, say who is uh, funnier than Segura. How about that? Instead of me honoring a comedian today we'll just let the chat room pick one if they are so inclined comedians who are funnier than segura you're a bum get out of town well what is what are you gonna say there uh chat room anybody in the chat room right now who do you think is funnier than segura comedians who are funnier than segura uh name one can you name one we'll give them a, a minute on that but uh you know, yeah, they have to type. Yeah. We have uh, comedians who are, ow, I, my shoulder's hurting. You think I'm having a heart attack? Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm having morning stiffness. Not that kind of morning stiffness. By the by, way, I've uh, read something yesterday that if you wake up with morning wood, it's a sign that you are uh, good health, your circulation is good, and you have good penile health. Uh, I haven't woken up with good wo morning wood and probably years probably several years now so five or six years anyway so i'm not in good health i i'm not in good penile health i'm really hurting i, I hurt my shoulder somehow i better go sit back uh, ow i think i need a muscle relaxer you got any um, um isn't that what weed is all right you know i'm on well i can't because the wife's home i would uh representative mike johnson oh that's you Oh, no, that's not you. That's uh, Reverend Jelly Roll says the representative Mike Johnson is the comedian who is funnier than Segura. Wow, that's scraping the bottom of the barrel there because I, I don't know if he's intentionally funny. He might be funny, but not on purpose. Uh, you know, and the fact that it came from him, that... <laughs> now, that really... <laughs> Don't break your this keyboard, is, please. We gotta have to. But when we do this segment, we're gonna have to take everything out of the room so that this, you can't break it. Holy smoke! Don't break shit. Uh, I think it's time we probably say GD, or he's gonna break everything. Kelly says Daniel Sloss. Uh, do you mean really? 
Daniel's. You know, key- I only I don't have a lot of keyboards. I don't have another keyboard to break. What's wrong with you, Kelly? Uh, do, do, do you mean Daniel Tosh? Daniel Sloss? I don't. I don't know if Daniel Sloss. Big J Okerson is funnier than Segura. That's uh, probably true. Uh, um, I will be honest. I've only seen like five minutes of Big J Okerson's work, but was funnier than Segura. So we'll go with that. Uh, anyway, don't break anything. I'm sure. I'm sure your day is coming. It's coming. It's very. It's probably right around the corner. Uh, by the way, right around the corner. This is uh, four eighty eight episode four eighty eight of Coffee with the Dog. Uh, Five hundred is scheduled for uh, two weeks from Monday. Well, two weeks from last Monday. So it's the uh, next week, the week after, and then that following Monday should be the five hundredth show. I don't know what to do for the 500 show. I'm thinking of asking Andy to be the guest that day because Andy has been a, uh, an important part of the growth of the program. He hasn't Who been. Who was on. your first guest? Who was your first guest? And are they still alive? On coffee with the dog? I don't know. Yeah. Wow! Maybe you can get I them back. Know that. To find out, find out who that was, to find out what they've done for Shame 500. Shame on shows. me for not knowing. Holy fuck! First guest on Coffee with the Dog. I don't know. Uh, probably an open micer. Probably. <laughs> My fucking leg hurts. <laughs> uh, I bet. First of all, that, that keyboard is not. It's 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 tough. <laughs> it's just it's not designed to break. <laughs> um. No, Mike says he was a guest way back in 2020. Not on Coffee with the Dog. You were not. You were on the Mind Dog TV podcast at 1 p.m. You were not a uh, guest on Coffee with the Dog. You could be a co- guest on Coffee Dog if you want to come on. We'd love to have you on. Uh, and we talk about anything you want. But you aren't on Coffee with the Dog. You were on the Mind Dog TV podcast, which is way past five. It's out like at 1,500 episodes on that one. So, um so yeah, this is really when I come up. We're coming up on two thousand. I hate to fucking call this a podcast. Podcast is such a negative term now, and anybody can have a podcast. It's I, I hate even calling it a podcast. But if I have to, this is going to be like two thousand episodes of podcasting, uh, just in this format because I did podcasts in two thousand four, two thousand nine, and two thousand eleven. So. There's that too. I don't even count those episodes. They are so far removed from my consciousness. Anyway, wow. yeah. So I've done a lot of episodes. <laughs> I've done a lot more content than than most people do with this. And, and for a while there, uh, I, I started it before, obviously before COVID and all that stuff. But when COVID hit, I was doing seven shows a day, two uh, t- uh, two shows a day, seven days a week, uh, and that was kind of uh, exhausting, but. That's what Mike was on. Anyway, I don't know if Willie's coming. Let, let me, um, if you want to just talk for a minute while I text him, I'm going to text him. Are you coming or not? Okay. Uh, well, let's do this. Uh, let's talk about the song that they, that uh, the song service. I, I tried to listen to um, the, no, I tried, I did. Midnight the, Sky? The, yeah, Midnight Sky. Because when I first did it, they told me I had to have Spotify. To listen, but there is a place on the website where you actually can listen to samples of the song, right? You know, without having to go Spotify because I don't have Spotify on my any of my things. What did what was your uh, 
you know, not impression. I mean, we could talk about that. What do you think of it? But did you get, did, was there anything seem a little strange to you about? Um, well, well have, the, have, okay, go ahead. the guy is Timothy Todd. Timothy Todd. Right. That's his name. Right. My impression was that it sounds like a girl singing. Right. Yeah. And that's the first thing I heard. First thing I said, and I thought, okay, that's a woman singing. I'm pretty sure that's a woman singing. I mean, I've been wrong before, you know, like Millie Vanilli. You would I think that, that was... with that Brad, uh, the Journey singer, Brad, what was Brad's, I don't remember his last name, Brad something, who was, if you didn't, maybe you would think anyway that that was a female singer because his voice is so high. I don't know. Yeah, but... my wife My wife maintains that Getty Lee, oh, yeah, young Getty Lee sounds like a girl singing in his early stuff. Yeah, Willie's doing uh, the echo thing again today. Are you? Are you, you got... guys start uh, not sounding like that guy from the Pepsi commercial back in the day? Oh, Max Headroom. Max Headroom. Max Headroom. I had that yesterday. That's why I was, I was recording it because it was only on my screen. It wasn't happening for the audience. The audience didn't see it, and you guys didn't see it. But you guys are like kept jumping around. So I recorded it and I forgot about it. I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to show it to you guys. StreamYard has been having big time problems. Uh, last night, uh, I don't know if they're still having problems, but Facebook wasn't working yeah, at get, all. You seem le- very low. Every time I come on. Yeah, you seem very low um, uh, bandwidth. Like you're pixelated and uh, not, not full of Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi is weak. You want to come oh, out? Wi Fi is weak with this one. You want to, you want to try again? <laughs> want to bounce out and come back? Uh, do yeah, or do not. There is no try. I'm going to go all the way out and I'm going to close out the browser and everything. All right. Mm, uh, close out Wi Fi. Come back, you must. Yeah. Oh, look at that. It even takes a second for him to bounce out. So there's something really weird there when we move. He can't right pull now. out. He can't put in. He couldn't put pull that. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully he'll get back and, and, uh, have, have a little bit stronger Wi-Fi. Maybe take a Viagra, get your Wi-Fi up a little bit. He's still there. I should bounce him. Uh, anyway, uh, our guest has arrived, uh, it's a couple minutes early, but well, you know what? I'll play a commercial and then we'll, we'll have him in. I don't know if Willie's going to bounce out or not bouncing out. He's stay he's still there. Anyway, uh, let's run a commercial. We'll be back and we'll meet Tim, Timothy Ty or Tim Ty. I'm not sure. It says Tim in his little thing there, not Timothy. So, oh, Willie, Willie's trying to connect again. Let's just see if we get him. We'll give him a little test and then we'll play a quick commercial and meet Tim, Tim Ty, Timothy Ty, Midnight's guy. Everything is rhymes with guy. Mm. Is that any better, Will? Okay, that looks good. That seems good on my Yeah, we hear you okay. But you got here just in time for a commercial. Uh, you want to hear a commercial? <laughs> uh, this this program is brought to you by Creative Live. If, if you uh, want to know how to work your Wi-Fi or uh, get up on time in the morning, there are t- over 2,000 courses for people who really don't know how to connect to the Internet. 
uh, and other <laughs> stuff, like photography and art and all that kind of stuff. And how to break uh, a keyboard, right? Oh, yeah, and broken keyboards. And they are offering 70% off just for coffee with the dog listeners. Creative Live, check it out, Ralph. It's time to unleash your creative excellence. Dreams won't work if you don't. They never happen overnight, and they rarely follow a straight line. Excellence is a result of the hustle, consistently pushing to do better. And success looks different for everyone. CreativeLive.com charts paths and tailors content for students but they also encourage independent thinking and exploration. Go outside of your comfort zone. Who knows? You might actually like it. Right now, you can get up to 70% off through this exclusive offer for Coffee with the Dog. CreativeLive.com has site-wide sale for Coffee with the Dog listeners. Save up to 70% off. Go to MindDogTV.com and click on the link on the homepage now. Kelly says Willie has a hard time pulling out. Uh, remember, he had seven kids. Seven fucking kids. Oh, my God. Uh, well, good for good for all one, one night, testicle, Willie. mind you. I know. Not, not all, yeah. of them were, all of them were one, one testicle? Not one of them came with two testicles? Uh, no, I did have uh, one kid was born and another girl was pregnant. Uh, by the time I lost my testicles, so, so you I got five, five, five on one. After five on one testicle, yeah. All right, that's not bad. That's yeah. not bad. Considering all I the only different had, women, I only had one that I know of on two testicles. So there you go. Uh, yeah. But, it, but I, I it don't. It was one of my biggest it. fears coming out of prison was that I was going to have baby mamas coming like out of the fucking woodwork, and that, that didn't happen. So I was super, I was super relieved. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And because you were relieved, you went about to you just have five more kids. Yeah, he's got a big <laughs> something must be going on in Grants, New Mexico today. Maybe there's a aliens. A, yeah, maybe uh, get Scott I, back on. Get Scott back on. I'm Carvel. Carvet. Carvet. Yeah. Get Scott back on. See if there's any aliens flying over New Mexico. Maybe that would that's... be good. We'll let Willie kind of uh, rotate there. Uh, or he's out. Uh, let's bring in our guest, Timothy Ty or Tim Ty. I'm not sure what he wants to call it. It looks like he wants to be called Tim. For some reason, I have him as Timothy Ty of Midnight Sky. Just released a, a third album. Uh, Midnight Sky released a third album called Last Hope for the Modern World. And I think we kind of established that there is no hope for the modern world we are doomed but uh it, it leans towards country he's a dayton ohio uh singer songwriter or uh, electric guitar player and uh a songwriter and he's here now ladies and gentlemen please welcome tim ty is it tim or timothy come on make up your mind uh tim all right welcome tim uh, how are you tim uh now midnight sky we've listened to a bit of the music is that you singing no well, oh, okay. but I, I'm I'm on I'm on a few of the tracks. The ones with the ones with the uh, less than good vocals. That's me. The ones with the good vocals. That's somebody else. Is it a female? Yes. Okay. I it was it's confusing because it makes it seem like it's uh it's you singing. Oh, the website gives the impression that you're a singer songwriter, and then I'm, we're hearing that voice, and I'm like, boy, the voice doesn't match the picture at all. 
Uh, yeah, talking about testicles earlier, I've still got mine. Yeah. <laughs> well, Willie's still got one. So, uh, and uh, if if it'll make you uh, fill your day with wonder and give you something to think about, the one that he doesn't have got shot off in a gunfight. So uh, there's that. Okay. By a woman who would by a woman who would he would not impregnate. So she shot him in the <laughs> testicle. That's. And, and and that's the only woman he wouldn't impregnate, and she shot him. Man, that's a radical form of birth control. Yeah, yeah. It, but it didn't work. He still had five kids, even with the with the one. So yeah. anyway, uh, but speaking of uh, country, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like it's like Thanos says, she should have gone for the head. <laughs> or double tap. He only had a thing. Yeah, so uh, it says lean sword country. From what I heard, it's pure country. It's it's right uh, right in line with modern country. Uh, why did why do you why does the bio say leaning towards country? I don't know. I didn't write it. Oh, you didn't. Write, so you leave that up to somebody else to kind of describe your music. Well, he's uh, tired from writing everything else. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got I've got a guy named Mike Stover that uh, writes that stuff. Oh, Michael! I know Michael. I and you know, I think I I just figure it's his business. He knows what he's doing, and I don't argue. Yeah, no, I, he definitely knows what he's doing. Uh, maybe I should uh, talk to him about why he calls it leaning towards country. That's uh, the first time I've ever seen that kind of ever uh, in a description, and to me, it was like, well. Are you not proud? Are you uh, skittish about calling it country? Because it seems country. No, the- I'm not skittish at all. I, again, yeah. Maybe now, we can ask him. Yeah, you uh, you will practice law. You're a practicing lawyer. Are you still practicing law? I am. What kind of law do you practice? Uh, it's transactional stuff like business and real estate. Wow. Uh, and uh, so have you been performing or, or writing uh, or your whole life, or did you start midlife? Uh, in mid- uh, mid- I started as a teenager, you know, I wanted to be in a, you know, I wanted to be like the Rolling Stones and I got a cheap guitar and uh, then at some point I got a better guitar. Wow. Then, yeah. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's now the Rolling Stones, is, they have some country-influenced music, but I wouldn't call them country. Where where did the country uh, sound come from for you? I, I don't know. Uh, where I grew up, nobody listened to country, so I wanted to be different. And uh, I got I was really influenced by people like Johnny Cash and uh, George Jones, Hank Sr., that kind of, those kind of old-school guys. And yeah, that's sort of uh, influence writing. Uh, right. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's the best Interestingly thing. enough, I played in. Uh, I've been playing in a place uh, that's a country bar, Daisy's uh, Nashville Lounge here on Long Island, and there's a picture of George Jones that is right behind me on the stage. And uh, if I play a George Jones song, nobody in the place knows has any recognition of it. Don't doesn't know. George Jones music. There's a big Johnny Cash poster on his thing, and I'll play like four or five Johnny Cash songs. They don't really know them, other than Folsom Prison. Uh, it's it's just interesting how uh, country has moved away from all that stuff, and people what what passes for country today has no relation to that music at all. 
No, it's mostly all. It's mostly pop music. You know? Yeah, it's it's very much like pop with a southern twang on it. Uh, now, Dayton, Ohio, uh, are you out performing this, this music, or are you just recording it? Right now, I'm just recording it. Why is that? Is it just that the difficulty of putting a band together, or not easy? Yeah, I know it's not easy. It's it's hard to put to, put a band together. It's hard to keep a band together. All that, uh, but you know, there's nothing. No, no, you know, studio. You can do all all that stuff, but there's no, it doesn't compare to playing for a, before a live audience. So I'm just wondering, do you have any plans on, or, or do you want to do that? Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> We'll just have to see. It, it is, it's really difficult. And one of the things, you know, I, I tend to, you know, I tend to like to be in charge of the projects and a lot of, a lot of people, especially in local bands, they tend to view it as more of a democracy. Yeah. We had one on yesterday who was, uh, who called his band, the democracy, a complete democracy. And I was like, I don't know how that can work. Uh, honestly. I mean, Every organization needs at least somebody to to kind of uh, play good cop, even or cop bad cop, any kind of cop, or you know, be the the administrator or the boss in some way. Otherwise, it's just chaos, in my opinion, in my experience, anyway. So maybe it's not a maybe they don't. What they're doing is not that it's a democracy. It's that one person says something and everybody else just goes okay. <laughs> uh, they just go along yeah that right. could be. they're just yeah. a bunch of spineless really good musicians but they have no spine so uh, what <laughs> what happens with you tim you write the songs at the, are you are you recording basically one at a time write a song take it to the studio or do you write a uh whole complete album and then say let's work on this project and, and uh, start one at a time one at a time i have i have a pretty good idea you know, going in, well, I think I do uh, what I want to record, but then I find myself writing the whole time that the project is on. Uh, and so I end up, you know, maybe, maybe a couple things I thought I was going to record get recorded. And, you know, the, the playlist, so to speak, keeps changing. Um, do you go to uh, an outside studio? You have a, uh, your own studio in, in, in your home? What? How- I've got my, I got a little studio in the home. There's a couple of local studios. I also do quite a bit uh, over the internet. And, and it started with COVID because we, you know, we couldn't get together. And so I've got people, you know, some of them in Chicago, Los Angeles, they're all over. And we just collaborate online. And yeah, it works pretty well. Really? Now I'm interested because... In this situation, there we, we you couldn't do it. You, you couldn't get it to sync up. Is there uh, some tool that you use to kind of synchronize? No, we we simply put the tracks on one at a time. For example, oh. you know, we'll send a we'll do a sketch of the song so you know where you know the chorus, verses, and everything go. Gotcha. And, so you're not actually collaborating in real time. No, um, that's difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult. I know there are some tools out there, but I'm not familiar with what they are and or how well they work. I haven't had a chance to test any of them out. But that would be a fun, not a uh, an interesting way 
of doing it. I, I like the idea of collaboration, but because I am so remote, it's really difficult to get people to come out to where I am to collaborate. And I don't really like to travel to go to see somebody else. So I end up doing a lot of the stuff myself. Do you do, you do a large portion of the uh, backing tracks yourself or do you basically uh, have hired guns like from the areas that you talked about? Chicago? You have a fair amount of guitar work, uh, but I've got, you know, drummers and and uh uh you know i usually have someone else play bass and i've got people that i would consider doing like the specialty instruments like uh, fiddle uh, pedal steel guitar that kind of thing those are all people that you know that's that's all they do right that's very cool Pe pedal steel it's, it's funny it's funny that you call them specialty instruments they're just the instruments that other people play <laughs> well i i know but you know you i i band mentality where it's you know drums bass and guitars and so everything else is an add-on I, I i tend to agree i think pedal steel is a very special type of instrument it's different than because i know lots of multi-instruments who uh multi-instrumentalists who can pick up anything that has strings on it mandolin guitar even violin boat instruments and stuff like that but pedal steel is uh, first of all it's, it's a hybrid instrument with the pedals and the uh the slide type of stuff it's a very weird type of instrument and was not in not developed to play the kind of music that it evolved into it was developed to play Hawaiian music, like Polynesian music and all that kind of stuff, and was somehow found a home in Nashville in the 20s, and, and now it's become a completely different instrument. So with that one, I would definitely, I don't know if I'd use the word specialty, but it's, it's a beast of its own. Have you ever tried to play one, uh, Glenn? Uh, GD, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm very good at it. Really? No, I'm just, I'm just, I have no idea. I would no, think I am because I'm talented, but I, I've, never, I've, been in, I've never been in the same room with one. Have you tried to play one, Tim? No. The problem is, you know, you can go out and buy a $50 guitar that you can learn on, but you can't buy a $50 pedal steel. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I, I got a lap steel as because uh, I got a birthday present of a gift certificate from one of these online stores, and basically I just rolled up my Macs, and there was a rogue a lap steel that was only like a hundred dollars and i had like a hundred dollars left on the gifts to take it what the hell <laughs> and i got it here and it's electric and i tried playing it's just six strings without the pedals uh and difficult as hell difficult as hell i, I couldn't figure out any uh, anything any way to make music on it because i could play slide a little bit yeah but playing slide this way and you have to have this really soft touch of up up and down on the strings and all that really difficult instrument plus you're supposed to tune it to an open e ninth chord which you know i can't think in terms of okay open nine it's a very strange it's a alien instrument whoever they need to be yeah. shot <laughs> i played i played the, the, the lap slide i played one of those and it was it was in the 70s and again it was like no yeah. no yeah. but play, i, I actually have a question for kim oh yeah go ahead uh, Tim, actually, I have, uh, I have a lot of questions for you, so I'm just going to introduce, introduce them. But the first one is about where is 12th Street in the song? What town is it in? Oh, no. What do you mean? I no. don't. This, it sounded good. I, I was just, I was looking for a, I was looking for a sort of a, um, 
Latino urban vibe. And it, it just kind of fit in with the lyrics. So <laughs> I wish I could tell you that there's a location, but there's not. But, but if you're looking for a Latino vibe instead of 12, why didn't you just, well, I don't know what 12 is in, in Spanish. Just call uh, it that. On to, uh, the, oh, uh, no. Yeah, call it that. I don't know. I mean, just I I was just curious because a lot of times we draw from our personal experiences, or we just make shit up, make it rhyme. And I didn't know which it was. It was was door number two. (laughs) Okay. So then, speaking of door number two, um, did Jenny does does Jenny look because Jenny's song? She's looking for her man. Does she look in the tavern from the previous song for her man? No, those are actually written about two different women. Ah. Two different women. And neither one of them have been on 12th Street, have they? <laughs> no, because 12th Street doesn't exist. Um, I'm taking I'm taking you're not a, a superstitious man at all. 13 tracks. I would never do I do 12 or 14. Uh, 13 tracks on an album. No superstition involved in that. Bad luck. No, no I just happen to have 13 tracks. Uh, now, because uh, that that's an interesting thing. When do you know when an album is finished? Or, or is this like, because last hope for the modern world seems to seems to indicate that it might be like thematic or at least have a you know, continuity towards the album. Or is it just a collection of songs, or is it is it meant to be one like thematic collection or like Tommy or something? It's just it's just a series of songs. Uh, Last Hope for the Modern World was, uh, I came up with that that title a long time ago, and we were getting near the end of the project, and someone commented that, yeah, there's there's some, you know, kind of uh, grim songs on there. You need something that's upscale. So I title, which is, as you pointed out, doesn't sound very... uh, you know, very optimistic. But when I when I wrote the lyric and made it, loves the last hope for the modern world, and then it got a little more bouncy. Interesting. Uh, do you think there's hope for the modern world? Uh, it, it's 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 maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, um, I I kind of especially with the news today, being I hate to be a downer. We're not supposed to be a downer. We're supposed to give people something to laugh about on this program, but. Uh, this morning, I'm not hopeful at all. I, I, I feel like the, the, we're doomed. We're, we're doomed as a, a world, as a society, as a planet, all of that. Uh, not a whole lot of hope here. Uh, but, you know, while we're here, we might as well enjoy some good music and some good times, right? <laughs> do, you, do your clients uh, in the law profession know that you do this on the side? A, a lot of them do. They'll, uh, I, I, I had a, a really nice article in the local paper here a couple of weeks ago, and that generated a lot of uh, a lot of inquiries. Uh, when I did the first album, people came out of the woodwork and said, "You know, it's it's like they didn't even believe it." Yeah, well, you, re- you don't look the part, especially dressed in uh, like a lawyer attire like you are today. You don't look the part of a country musician. You know, you're not wearing a cowboy hat. You're not. You don't have a chew <laughs> on that. That, that I don't even you know aspire to being cool. I don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, image is part of unfortunately in show business. It, image is part of uh, the product sales and all that kind of stuff. Does not performing out uh, 
does that matter? I mean, matter as far as uh, reach and audience and, and, and people who find your music make it harder? Probably, although even if I were playing out, most of the, most of the gigs would be around Dayton, Ohio. Right. Well, there's uh, there's so much going on in the state of Ohio. We've had you're the third uh, independent artist we've had on this week who's from Ohio. Around some of them, I think, I think the other ones were from near Dayton too. Uh, if I recall correctly, but they traveling around the state. There seems to be a lot of opportunity within the state of Ohio for independent music, which is unusual because uh, most uh, like here, if you're not doing at least 90 percent covers, you're not even going to get a gig. But a lot of people are saying there's lots of opportunities to play original music in venues around the state of Ohio from Dayton, Columbus, Cincinnati, all the way up to Cleveland uh, and uh, parts unknown. Yeah, Dayton, uh, vibrant uh, community, people doing original material. Uh, we've got some some places where most of the material is original because, as you guys probably know, <clears throat> the average bar when you go. Uh, we're going to do one of our own songs. Everyone goes to the bathroom. <laughs> well, uh, that's not the case with me, but uh, we uh, most uh, my problem is people request original songs that I hate playing, that I regret ever writing uh, <laughs> because they're stupid. Uh, 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 the one song that gets requested the most is a song called Love Song and it's the, the hook line is uh, leading up to the hook line it says come, uh, do you want to get naked in the back of my truck come on baby let's and yep. then I interrupt on Change the block tire. yeah 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 and I say forget about it uh, anyway uh, so and that gets requested more, a lot so we don't get people leaving but uh, I understand you know especially because I listen to yours and it fits right in with uh, what's happening on country radio today. So I don't think, I think if you didn't even say that and you just played it, uh, people wouldn't know the difference. They would think it's modern country. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know when people listen to my original, my original music, they don't run to the bathroom because they can't even make it that far. They just throw up where they are. <laughs> I, but, was um, say, I know. Tom <laughs> just, told me that joke. <laughs> but uh, Tim, the artwork for for your, for your album is that again? I guess that's not a real place either. That's not like 12th Street or Dayton. That's just another skyline. No, I graphic guy here that you know for like a few bucks puts that stuff together. And, wow. That's, okay, that's, so I guess not, that's that's not even a real shooting star. That's just the that's, shooting star he threw in there for hope. That's a so Photoshop star. It. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 artist that I had a you know just a little bit of a disagreement. I, I I asked him to put it in there, and he said, "Well, it seems like such a cliche." I said, "I know, but I want it anyway." Yeah, there you go. You're allowed to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. I I agree that this, yeah, I was just curious. You know when. Because if you're gonna if you create it, then you might as well throw in all the good stuff. I didn't know if it was based on an actual place, like maybe 12th Street, a real place, or is this just a thing in your mind that you said, "I there's a nice skyline, and I will throw in a shooting star." That's yeah. pretty happened. Now, do you do all digital distribution, or are you doing any CDs? Uh, we had the, one of the uh, guests this week was doing vinyl. Do you do anything uh, hard? 
hard yeah. copy? I had some uh, some CDs made. Uh, they make wonderful coasters. Yeah, I know. I know this. Uh, but I like I like uh, what is what is oh that's a coaster that's my CD in a coaster yeah, <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> no I I know how that goes but I like to be able to put a, and now most a lot of cars don't even come with CD players anymore uh, but I I like especially if I'm going on a long drive to be able to put it in one disc and not have to uh, worry about you know radio at all and just like listen to one disc in its entirety. I, I guess you could do that um, with Bluetooth on a playlist. I don't know. I've never done that before, though. But Yeah, you can. Yeah. You know, I look at the CD as almost like a calling card. You know, I want to have something I can hand to somebody. Even right. if they have it, it's got, unlike, you know, unlike the CD of a famous person, my phone number's on it. So wow. if anybody yeah. wants to with me, at least they've got the means to do it kind of brave i have to say it's kind of brave uh well, I'm, I'm sure you're not going to get like crazy people uh stalking you but you never know you i don't know. you know if they're interested in buying a cd that's fine now you have a youtube channel uh do, do you put a lot of production into uh videos or is it just like a lyric video with the imagery over it and, and that kind of stuff yeah it's mostly that uh first uh first project uh dark stretch of road we actually did a video uh for the title tune and it was good i was real happy with it but there's a point where you go you know is is am i getting any bang for the buck right yeah uh, oh i you know it's been discussed maybe i'll do another one sometime but right now i'm not planning to not only bang for the buck, but bang for your time and energy that, that goes yeah. into it and all that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, it, it, making videos is not an easy thing. It's a, a lot of time and thought and, uh, you know, or you can contract it out, I guess. But still, it's just, uh, it doesn't seem, uh, but there are other, there's the other side of that is people won't necessarily listen to music without a video anymore. They just. Uh, they'll go to YouTube to look for new music and and expect a video and all that stuff and not it's it that makes it difficult when you feel like you have to do a video or nobody's gonna listen to it or or even share it like on social media if somebody just shares an audio file it's it's not gonna get the kind of traction as if somebody shares a music video file. You're so, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it, it's kind of you're you're an interesting guy in that that you're not outperforming at all with, with it. I would, you know, I, I think I'd miss that. It's just a chance to play, play these songs for live humans and see the reaction uh, with it. Tell us a little bit about the girl singer, or oh, late female singer that you're, you're working with. Is she local or is she somebody in LA or Chicago? Or Well, it's interesting. There's two singers and, and they're both named Nicole. Uh, they both have great voices. Uh, the one the the one who's singing on the title track is Nicole from Chicago and her name's Nicole Garza. Uh, excellent, excellent voice. Um, good producer. Her husband, Chad Burton uh, is a great guitar player, great engineer. So I, I've got an awful lot of talent there in, in one household. All right. um, do you write 
for a female singer? Because I was talking about this last night. I had a, a, a female uh, singer on from Oakland, California, and I was talking about my younger days. I had a female lead singer in the band, and I basically changed the way I write to accommodate that she was the lead singer. And it doesn't come naturally for me. So I got to think about, you know, how would a girl, uh, how would a female uh, approach this subject or whatever? And it changed the way I write just for that. I'm not, not necessarily for the better, but has, has it, uh, does it alter the way that you approach writing a song, knowing that there's going to be a female singer? Or do you finish the song and say, I'm going to have a chick singer? <laughs> it's more like that. I mean, there, there's, there've been a couple songs. I, I wrote a song. It's a, uh, it's kind of a punk slash Joan Jett song called You're Dead to Me. And it's got this woman basically screaming about the guy that uh, she hates more than anything else in the world. That has to be a female singer. It doesn't work any other way. Uh, you know, I, I, like wrote, I wrote for years and years and years, and I didn't really think about I, I guess I wrote pretty much from a male perspective. And when we started going into the studio in Dayton, I was looking for uh, you know, I was looking for good singers and, and my engineer brought somebody in uh, named Paige Beller, who's this little five foot nothing, looks like a street urchin. And uh, she, uh, you know, she sang the first song. And then she said, you mind if I just sing it a little differently? I said, sure. And halfway through, my engineer said, I don't even remember the first version. <laughs> and, and so... There were, there were a few songs where you had to change pronouns and so forth because it was being from a female perspective. Yeah. I, uh, that dead to, you're Dead to Me. Is that online somewhere? I got to hear that. That's, I love that title, and uh, I wish I would have wrote a song called You're Dead to Me. Yeah, on, uh, it's on YouTube. It's uh, for sure. I know, I know you can just you know, search for... Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've said that phrase. I can't believe I never put it in a song, but congratulations. Uh, I actually got that from uh, that. Tony Soprano used to say that. Yeah. But he was just completely out of his life forever. He'd say, you're dead to me. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I think he got that from me. Yeah. Sure but, he got but it's one of those songs. There's no, there's no solo. It just starts and it never slows down. And, you know, the, she just gets madder and madder. And that is pretty good. Now, do you, do you enjoy playing guitar solos? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I don't. I hate it. <laughs> I, I feel. I sometimes I feel like it's mandatory, and uh, that 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 bothers me. That we come to expect. I like um, if it if a song is called for an instrumental solo. I some I often think, well, what other than guitar could I use here? Because it's so cliche that you know, two verses, chorus, uh, verse, chorus, guitar solo, chorus, that kind of stuff. And we we become so conditioned to that that I think, well, what what could I put that's not a guitar solo in here? And I yeah. hate playing live. Yeah, we we, we go ahead. You got sometimes there's no solo, and there's a song on here called "Ain't Nothing Better," which is a country line dance song. And, and in the middle, I've got a uh, an accordion and a fiddle. There you go. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not going to say that I hate all guitar solos. There are guitar solos when done right that I really appreciate. I just think it's so overdone that, and I know my 
my technical abilities, my chops are not going to stand up to so many guys out there who are just th- shredders and that I, I, I'm reluctant to do them or quite, you know, I, I prefer not to do them, especially out for me. I do one. It's more of a, and I'm not comparing myself favorably with him, but sort of the John Fogarty approach where you're, you're, you're not, you're not looking to get out as many notes as you possibly can. Right. Just trying to do something that's musical and interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a shredder. I, I can't, uh, I can't tap. Yeah, I, yeah. Do you spend a lot of time crafting tone? Cause there in the studio, I mean, you can get two different uh, approaches. Uh, like uh, on Steely Dan and one of the greatest guitar solos ever, Elliot Randall does on uh, Reeling in the Years. Basically, oh no 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 one no 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 it's Buddhist Sattva. All right, whatever. And and really Reeling in the Years, Elliot Randall played it. He basically just plugged into a guitar uh, bass amp. Straight in, no pedals, none, none, none of that kind of stuff. Used a lot of compression on it, but turned up the amp all the way to get it to distort a, a, a bass amp to get it to distort. Not the typical thing you would do, but didn't put a whole lot of thought into tone. Just went in, you know. And then you have other guys who will go into the studio and spend 15 hours just getting the tone exactly right before they're ready to start laying down this uh, solo. Between those two extremes, where would you classify yourself? Probably just like plug it in and hope it works. <laughs> Do you use a lot of pedals or any a pedal board and you know all that kind of some of the standard stuff. A lot of it's old school, like tube screamers and things like that. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I I understand they're they're it's amazing to see people really mastered uh, all of those effects and you know they can they can hear them in their head. Um, me, I'm. You know, when I grew up, your effect was either tremolo or reverb. Yeah, 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 right, right. I had a fuzz wah. Fuzz wah, and that's still my favorite pedal. Fuzz wah wah pedal. That is still my favorite pedal. Yeah, I I had one of those, too. I don't have it anymore. I still got it. It's my favorite pedal. Yeah, good. Yeah, we have to say goodbye to Govs. Govs, we made it through one more day with you, uh, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Governor's Comedy Network is now, uh, we're getting ready for Knock 'em Dead Comedy. Anyway, um, so yeah, no, I don't don't do a whole lot of, uh, I'm playing live. I get a lot of criticism from guitar players who are in the audience about how limited my pedal board is. I really have, I bring a, a, a board, but it basically I use, uh, I use a little bit of delay every once in a while. And I use the volume pedal every once in a while. And that's basically it. I don't do a whole lot of that kind of stuff, but I, I think the trend today is everybody wants to have a, a signature sound, you know, that uh, this is, you can tell that guitar, you can tell it's who the guitar player is by the sound, all that stuff. And that stuff, I don't have time for that. I just want to play the song. I just want to play good. I just want to play songs. I, I think you're, you're much, you're much better to be recognized by your style. Yeah. And as, who was, I don't know who was the first one to say that tone is really in the fingers. It's not in the pedals. It's not in, it's not in the gear. It's in your fingers. Uh, I, you know, I like that approach to it. And, uh, yeah, I think stylistically, if you can develop a style that is unique, but had their music is so derivative and we all have influences. It's really hard to find 
something that's completely unique anymore. I mean, uh, it's all been done, <laughs> right? I think so. Anyway, Glenn, do you, uh, GD, you got anything to add before we say goodbye here? Any smart ass uh, comments? I'm sorry. None of that hurts. I don't have smart ass comments. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Tim, I don't even know what he gets there from. But when you're doing your law practice, have you ever had like a closing argument that would be better if you just sang it? <laughs> that sounds that sound like a smart ass question to me. It's, no, I'm just saying it. Like, because you hear things in your head, like, that would be so much better if I could just sing it. It's a good argument. I think it would be better if I sang it to him. No, but I've had ones where it'd probably be better if someone got that hook and dragged me off the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So at this point, generally, uh, let me put in the, um, do I, did I, am I remiss in even doing this? No, I didn't. Uh, Yeah, Midnight Sky, MidnightSkyMusic.com. I don't even have it in the the banner. See, this is, I was halfway asleep this morning and didn't put it in the banner. So it's in the description, though. You can click it, uh, MidnightSkyMusic.com. At this point, we would usually promo any gigs you have coming up, but you don't have any gigs coming up. (laughs) Yeah. You have any cases? You have any cases coming up you want people to come see? Yeah. I'll I'll be in my basement Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) Litigating. Uh, are you working on another project now, or are you take, just taking time to kind of get this one out there? And I'm always writing. I'm always messing around in the studio. But right now, I'm I'm trying trying to put my energy into into making this go. Well, good luck with it. We appreciate you you being here. It's uh, good to know you, and and uh, I, I like what I've heard so far. And we encourage other people to go check it out. Uh, MidnightMusic.com. I want to check out. You're dead to me. Now I'm very curious about that one, so I'll, I'll I'll find that. Anyway, thanks for being here. Thanks for if we're getting up and being good at sport, putting up with Glenn's uh, uh, GD. That's the first time I've seen GD smart ass comments and questions, and uh, we wish you good luck. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Have a great day and good luck in court. Bye now. <laughs> Tim Ty, uh, Midnight Sky, MidnightSkyMusic.com, and GD Fenderson of SmartAssProductions.com. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, I'm concerned that we might have lost Willie. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with him, but uh, with his connection today, I know what's wrong with him. But with his connection, today, I hope I hope uh, it's not a ongoing thing, and we won't be able to have him on for a while. I don't know. We need to get that diagnosed. We can't. You know, you guys made me lazy because I used to be able to do the show without having somebody there, and and I I think I don't do anything. I don't push no. anything. I don't do anything. No, you made me lazy in the fact that if you're not here, I feel like, oh, shit, I forgot how to do a show by myself. I've taken you for granted now for just you being here, somebody to talk to rather than. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No, both you guys have made me uh, lazy because it's been probably two months since I've done a show completely by myself, which, and that's a long time. I used to do them every day. So I got <laughs> used to that. I, I I can appreciate that. I I can appreciate that. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but so, I would think that having me around will make you work harder because like he's really he's really better. Maybe maybe um oh oh I'm seeing stuff bad stuff. Anyway, people commenting on the post uh, about my my father in law, but it's his family. Like they uh, imagine. 
imagine that your father passes and you're in another state and you're just finding out the next morning about it on Facebook. That's mm. it's like you're that disconnected from your family that you need me to tell you. I shouldn't even yeah. went there, but it's just it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Family dynamic. Families are very strange. Anyway, it's, it's I have uh it's because when my family I have a, a huge family, and we'll we try to do things together, but apparently the only time we're actually allowed to get together by law is at funerals and weddings. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you try to do like a cookout, and it's like, oh, I'd like to, but you know, nobody called me to tell me. It's like, are you kidding? We, you know, and no matter what, no matter what mode we use to try to communicate, email, phone, Facebook. Somebody always says, well, nobody told me. It's like, are you kidding? We yeah. email, phone, Facebook, text, you know, skywriting. The only thing we didn't do was knock on your fucking door and put you in the car to bring you. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Tony uh, Soprano, this acting role I have for <laughs> Saturday night is I'm playing Bubba. What is it? I don't even have a last name. Just Bubba. Oh, no, Bubba Bratzi, like in Luca Bratzi, uh, for uh, Knock 'em Dead Comedy's Murder Mystery. Uh, it's a mafia wedding uh, deal. And my lines are not that, I, I think my lines are pretty uh, memorable, um, easy to memorize because there's not a whole lot of them, but the cues are, are different. And I feel like I want to change. Some of it is written in, like you would write something typically for an Italian, broken Italian English thing. And I, you know, I'll break your face, that kind of stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I want to kind of ad lib it. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to do that. But then there's other stuff that's in there that's cues. And the cues are like, turn to this person, this character. And like I, I'm, I haven't met these people yet. I don't know who's playing what character or not. So I have a feeling I'm going to make a real fool out of myself, picking out the wrong. Oh, turn to such and such character, and I'm going to turn to the wrong person because I don't yeah. know any of the people in the play, and I have had no rehearsal. So chances are it could be a really a, a train wreck, and I'm going to embarrass everybody uh, yeah. on Saturday night. Would you say yes? To, to doing to doing a, a thing like that, yeah, yeah, because I haven't done one, so and I'd like to, I'd like to at least try something at least twice, to make right? Sure, but know. with no rehearsal, I mean, I, I agree. That's why I well, did me, well, yeah, well, me, yeah, I could. I don't like it, but I'm, I, I trust my ability to do improv enough that sure, but then I worry about them being able to keep up with me if I'm forced to improv too much, and I'm worried about them keeping up. That's why I'm I'm reluctant to improv too much, and I know my improv skills suck because I I, I tested them once on uh, PowerPoint Showdown with with Zach and Dylan, and I sucked at it then. Uh, wasn't, but you know what that is? That's they're going to show you six slides, and you have to do a presentation based on slides you haven't seen before. Right, I did that. I did this. I did that, and uh, I did it as the shit. Okay. For those of you who haven't figured it out yet, I am also the Dr. Reverend Jelly Roll. Wait. I know. I know. I and I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't I don't usually do this, I but 
Wait, so like Clark Kent and Superman, that kind of it's, deal? It's, yeah. And the reason why I said it is because I did the one of those. Threw and me off. The college I did that. I did that as the Doctor Reverend Jelly Roll. I did that thing, and nobody wanted to fucking want to come up after him. <laughs> it was like, it was like, no, we can't. We just, no. So my but, mind is totally blown right now. I know, and I don't, and I've never broken the fourth wall like that before. And and I've I've been doing that character since 1996. Why did it come wall? Never broken a fourth wall. Why no, not fourth on... wall? Why fourth? Why not the third? I don't know what the other three. I don't know what the other three are. <laughs> I've never looked it up. Right. I just accept it as a norm that it's four walls and you break it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a norm. Bad norm. Bad norm. Yeah. <laughs> bad norm. You know, yeah. the other night, I, the other night I was doing a set, I, and I, I'm basically as a comedian, I'm a storyteller, and I was doing this one bit where I was talking about what my therapist said and my therapist uh, is Indian and so I do the voice of my of my therapist oh you're okay and that's how I've always done it I, I whatever the character is I do that accent if there's an accent I do the you know because I'm a storyteller and I just try to bring that person to life for the, for the audience and so I slip into my Hindu accent my Indian accent and I shouldn't say slip because it's deliberate and I go to the, and I start to do it, and this woman starts to nudge her Indian husband in the audience, and he's like, like in the, I can see him right up front, and she starts nudging him. As soon as I slip into it, it's like, oh, Mr. Fenderson, and she just starts nudging, just like this, like, and he's watching, and then by the time I'm doing, it, he's like, he starts busting out laughing, and I don't know if he's laughing. I waited, you know, because at the time I don't know if he's laughing. It's like that is the worst Indian accent I've ever heard, or it's like he said, just like my father. I don't know what it is. But, you know, but he's like laughing his ass off. So afterwards, I asked him, I said, why were you laughing? He said, it was just funny. And so I said, so the accent didn't bother you? He goes, what accent? <laughs> yeah. uh, you reminded me that last night or the night before, I was watching a episode of Podcast Cringe on YouTube. And the episode was about Hank Azaria's uh, portrayal of Apu in... Um, <laughs> But whatever, Simpsons. yeah, the Simpsons, right? And he got that character got removed from all the Simpsons uh, programming. Now it's got it got edited out, so they, he doesn't exist anymore. And because what? that's all because of a, a group of Canadian Indian uh, comedians who were offended by it. And there was an American uh, Indian, uh, not Native American, American Indian or Indian American. Right. Um, a comedian who was saying that's totally wrong. He totally respects Apu and that Fr Hank Azaria, a Jewish American guy, was uh, doing uh, the accent because Apu. And now I don't, I never watched The Simpsons, so forgive me. I'm going to get yeah. backlash for even saying that. But apparently, he was a very upstanding, the, one of the best characters. Like as yeah. far as um, you know, character traits this guy was one of the purest good people in the world and so they were pertaining it like that and the uh, the comedian was saying it's not like they had a whole lot of indian american uh uh people to choose from to do voiceovers and it was just a budgetary thing like hank azaria was doing 10 voices at once and they said yeah we got one more just throw that one in it wasn't like they said you know make fun of indian people and so this guy was defending it but apparently about five or six Indian Canadian 
uh, comedians were responsible for getting Apu banned, and it's 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 that's kind fucking, of that's stupid. That's fucking stuck. Yeah, totally. Like that's just five guys. Could, and the the point this guy was making was if it weren't for uh, making fun of Indian accents, these the comedians would never even have any fucking because all their bits are about uh you know doing that put on of the indian you know exaggerated indian american voice or indian canadian voice so their career they wouldn't have careers if not for what they were trying to get banned which is really bizarre now say so i had a i have a friend of mine who has a bit that pays tribute to his karate master who spoke like the korean you know the korean and he had the accent and when he used to do the routine he used to do it with the korean accent you know, he used to do it like his sensei. Right. But then he be, it got to the point where he felt self-conscious because he felt like that it's it just like, am I mocking? It's like, no, this is actually somebody you loved like a father. Right. You know, so and so you should be able to do that voice, you know, and 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 without, you know, it's, you're not mocking him. You're not punching down. You're paying homage. It's like when I do my uh, my the accents that I do when I do them, I'm not punching down or, or making light of a race. I'm talking about an individual, and that's just how they sounded. You know? um, I, I, I mean, am... when I do when I do impressions on my mother, nobody says, "Stop making fun of big titted women." I don't hear that. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just did one before. I'll break your face. That stuff is quite acceptable. You can do that around about Italian Americans all day long. My grandmother talked like that. My my grandmother for Happy New Year she would say Happy New Year's, uh, Happy New Year's. What are you talking? Now I, I I don't have any problem with mocking that and making fun of it. It it is something to be made fun of. Now I'm not like belittling all Italian people when I do that or, but the accent is funny and I I you know when he said Happy New Year's and I'm a break of your face and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it, even if it's mocking or making fun of it. If we can't fucking laugh, we might as well be just pull a fucking plug on this whole fucking planet right now. If we can't laugh, you can keep every day. There's something new that we're not allowed to laugh at. Fuck you. I want to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I, 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 I was talking to my wife. I was talking to my wife about the title of a book, the one I showed you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and my wife and I, we're like, and we're like laughing hysterically. And then she goes, do you think people will misunderstand it? Do you think people will think that it's like you're being like me? And I went, I don't care. I think it's like, funny. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then I went and said, see, because it's like a clock. And my wife goes, you don't have to explain it to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but go ahead. I almost shared it yesterday because, uh, you know, uh, in relation to one of this uh, Mike Johnson posts about uh, we're a biblical, uh, you know, biblical republic, not not a democracy. And I almost shared, wanted to share that book cover. You should have. But you should, no, I, I thought he would take it as confirmation that he's right twice a day. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he's gonna take yeah. it as well. Well, you're um, you're a supporter. Thank you very much. Even you know, that's not what I was gonna. So I didn't. I backed off it. But yeah, because that idea of a broken God being right twice a day uh, will lead people. Well, I guess this is the case where he's right. Yeah. Oh look, Willie's trying to connect again. 
as we were just getting ready to think about it. Well, I should fucking just end it right now, right? <laughs> hey, Willie, <laughs> turn on your radio. He can't get in anyway. Look, he, he's he's stymied. He's constipated. Look, what are you so angry about? Oh, it's been a morning. Oh, what happened? Did he, he kill somebody? He, he Did... came in. He just want all he wants to do is is today in history, and he'll be fine. Give him a today. In no, history. no, I have no today in history. That is for today sure. Today is right history. Now. Today is history. I mean, pretty much. Pretty. Much. Oh, I did right. want to say, uh, "Dose," by the way, is twelve uh, in Spanish. Dose. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, wow. And I know that because I took street? Spanish one. I took Spanish one twice. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. So what about street? Because it's dose. It's dose, not yeah. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is so, but what's Spanish for street? Because it's twelve street. <laughs> <laughs> He's so what did in. your bookie? What did your bookie say the over or under was on him popping in and out? Dose. I'm no, so, uh, <laughs> well, you know that's day. that's more of a length issue than anything else. I mean, that's not really having to do with my testicle. That's just, uh, uh, oh, wait, no, you mean of the stream. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> God damn it. I'm so sorry. I, uh, I filthy up this show so terribly bad. Uh, but is that, is that what I'm here for? I don't know. Is it, I, no, no, it whatever? I, I can work on it if, if you, <laughs> Jesus. This, this is, this uh, but no, quite... I had to break up a dog fight this morning. Oh. Uh, it was, Terrible, my because yeah, I have a big airplanes? dog. I have a great hair. Like, yeah, like with airplanes. No, uh, no, like real dogs <laughs> on the ground fighting, and oh, uh, okay. I had to jump on top of my great pyrenees uh, so, to save my wife's dog. So, uh, so yeah, the other person know. who lives in Grants, New Mexico, also has a dog. So, <laughs> yeah, my wife has a dog, of course. Yeah, your wife has a dog, and the other person who lives in Grants, New Mexico, also has a dog. Yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> oh man! So it's like I tell you what, dude. Four dogs, eight. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I, I can't imagine. So, have you ever, have you ever been to a dog pound or a dog rescue and like heard how, especially when a dog is leaving, like when, when all the dogs are in their cages and then they come and get a dog and that dog, like, dude, like, and if, dude, it's so remarkable. Reminds me of prison and the way people will shout at you. It was just like, like I went in there post prison. I went into the dog pound because she had ran off one time, and like the way those dogs, I was just like, oh my god, that reminds me so much of a cell block. It's scary. Like yeah. that's fucking wow, bro. It was, it was something. I, else. I broke up a dog fight once. Uh, young dogs and. Uh, my, my nephew's dog was getting beaten in this fight with a dog, and I went. I rushed in to break it up to save the dog's life. My nephew, uh, for whatever, I misunderstood what what he saw was going on. I was trying to pull his dog apart without getting bitten, and my nephew yeah. just jumped on me like, ah, oh, he was like going crazy on me, like I was being mean to his dog. I was saving his dog's <laughs> life from this other dog that was going to kill him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, my 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 cat, my. My my cat had attacked another cat and had him by the throat, and and it was like my cat was like ah just like that, and my um my wife goes do something I said I will as soon as I get some oven mitt, yeah. <laughs> and, she like, and she looked at me she goes he's 
they're going to kill the cat. I said, I'm not breaking up a cat fight without other men. And so yeah. I ran back in the house and my wife went down to break up the cat. And my cat saw her coming. And he, I guess, also learned to be afraid of my wife, which I did not know he knew that. And so he let the other cat go and then chased it anyway. But my wife was like, why did you, you know, put your, why did you break up the cat fight? I said, no. I'm not sticking my hands in there where two cats are fighting. I'm not doing it. I know. <laughs> Every man knows you never break up a cat fight. It's right. like man rule yes. like 101. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's for... interesting that dog fight is a euphemism for airplane fights when cat fight is a euphemism for Raquel Welton and Elaine Bennis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, that sounds hot. That Raquel Welton. Yeah. Cat fight. Cat fight. Cat fight. I did see a horrific event happen with a cat and a toddler once. No bullshit. Um, I was living with this dude and um, we were uh, his girlfriend was babysitting for her sister and we we had had we had a cat that had just had a litter of kittens and that litter of kittens was in the closet of their bedroom. Now, uh, when the kid took, uh, uh, he'll, he'll be back. Let him finish the story. Part two of this story tomorrow. Right. <laughs> Stay I tuned love, tomorrow for the I rest love of the way story. Batman to be continued. I That's know, time. right? Dude, it's so Same, same Willie so, Time. Same Willie kid, Channel. <laughs> God damn it. The kid, the kid woke up from his nap and he must have got into the closet and been fucking with the kittens. That's the only thing that we can reason that would have made this mama cat act the way she did. But we're all three in the living room, and all of a sudden we hear these blood-curdling screams coming from their bedroom. And so we run in there, and the first person there was the girlfriend, which was the one you know babysitting him. She froze immediately upon what she saw. My, um, my buddy saw it and ran in there and I came to the doorway just in time to see this cat mounted to this toddler's fucking face and its back claws are like digging into like its cheeks and shit it's ripping its front claws into the back of his neck and bottom part of the skull and it's like gnawing on the back part of his skull, like trying to bite at the back part of it, tops of his skull. And my friend Johnny, uh, who Johnny, the guy I let ask a question for Tommy Chong, the same Johnny, he grabs this fucking cat and I'm not kidding you, bro. He threw the fucking cat against the wall. Was okay. They still attached to the cat when he threw it. No, like the kid is there, but like he's like bleeding profusely. Right, you know what I mean? Like like bad. And uh I'm not kidding you. This cat hits the ball, hits the ground, one leap back on the kid. Wow. Right? Went went back to Johnny, grabs the fucking cat, snap, and just fucking drops the fucking cat. And like we uh Sheila picks up the kid and dude, we run down fucking stairs and we're like, we gotta go to the emergency room right now. Like we're not waiting for 911, we're just fucking going, right? And uh we run down fucking stairs. Um 
uh, I get Sheila in the car and I dukes a hazard it over the fucking hood. And I'm not kidding you, bro. We went 70 through fucking Sioux Falls. Um, and Sheila was like telling me to slow down. You're going to get pulled over. I'm like, they're going to pull me over at the fucking hospital and they're going to see what the fucking problem is because I'm not going to stop. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like for real, when we get yeah. out and they see this child whose face is, and I'm not kidding you, dude. Like, uh, at this point, I'm like, uh, this is like 2002, maybe, you know, so I was like 21 years old. I had never in my life seen a child's face just literally caked with blood, like in a horror movie. But that's what it looked They pulled five fucking claws out of that kids don't. Well, like, you, uh, that kid, I, think you I guarantee right you thing, still Mike. don't like but fucking cats. You totally did the right thing by just uh, taking the matters in your own hands and driving. And if the cops try to pull you over, just say, fuck it. I'm not stopping until we get to the hospital. And then, yeah, yeah, you'll with, stop yeah. me at the hospital, bro. And I can explain it there. And if you got a problem with it, we can handle it, you know? Right. And, I, and you me, know what I mean? Cause, because it's not like I, was, I wasn't cat, doing it in a reckless manner. No, this cat fucking had a grudge towards the kid, though, which is really surprising because generally, if you take the cat and throw it against the wall, it yeah, it's not going to go back to its target. No, right, right. It will attack the guy who just threw it against the wall. But no, this the cat said, "No, I want that fucking kid." I'm getting right, him. but that's why we think we we think that the, he must have been messing with the litter, and and the did something the mama cat didn't like, and that and it probably wasn't she, the first time. The cat that too. I told you before. I told you last time. Next yeah. time you can look at her. I'm the kid's name up. was Damien. So up. I mean Yeah. I don't think yeah. the cat knows how to speak speak English. Uh, oh no, I think they do. My my, my wife maintains. Oh no, it lived up bubble. to his name. That kid was a devil child. I, I you know I don't know what his behaviors were after that incident, but before that incident, he was kind of a oh, shit he's a kid. Therapist. He's, he's, a cat he's Joe Exotic now. now. He's he's in prison. He's Joe Exotic. Uh, that that. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> See, I was going to say he grew up to be Galaxy Jackson, but I didn't think anybody would know who that was. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. He's no, a, I don't he's know Galaxy Jackson. I know Joe Exotic is though. Unfortunately, yeah. Carol guy is he funnier than Tom Segura? <laughs> uh, Joe Exotic. Yeah, I don't know. Or uh, this guy, the the guy he's talking about, the Gal Galaxy guy, uh, who he's talking about. I don't know who. Who is he? You know, Jackson Galaxy. He's an idiot. I, I I have difficulty dealing with him because I've sent, I've seen him try to deal with situations with cats, and I've like sent him notes on so that he could not get into trouble. Shorthand cat shorthand that I learned over the years, and okay. he's like still doing stupid shit. So I think he's doing stupid shit on purpose just so he can get it on film. Wow. Right. And then he can right. come out I mean, look maybe. like he knows. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He could avoid a lot of it. Uh, you know. Let me just, uh, I think I got a picture of him right here. Hold on. Let me see if I, I do. I do a lot of stupid shit on purpose. Uh, <laughs> Drives my wife crazy. Is it this? This is, yeah, this is him. Well, nothing coming through. It's not even coming. Through. Oh, is that him? Uh, is this that the man in question? That just like him. That looks like. Galaxy Jackson. <laughs> 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 
dude <laughs> dude she so okay to explain this th that's my fan club president uh and the bean flicker herself uh that's kelly cool and what she did is she figured out on messenger or whatever that she could use the face on the sweatshirt she got uh to do friend filters with me on like snapchat or messenger or whatever and yeah so um yeah so now i don't know what this is supposed to be with this mustache and the glasses i don't i don't know if you can it's see this pretty fucking funny though as soon as she sent this to me i was like you have to send that to matt like you have to send that to me at first at, i'm so glad it was what it was because at first i thought i got an inappropriate picture and it is slightly inappropriate but not for the reasons i thought you know what i mean <laughs> yeah uh well i hope we can have you on tomorrow and we're not gonna have any um wi-fi issues i, you I know, mean yeah i don't know you know i thought about i thought about like trying to approach a business and seeing if i could just go that you know uh because i'm sure they probably have a, a much better signal grants new mexico like what i mean <laughs> yes but we sell cows that's that's what we got there's a one the cow store Right. You know, I was also thinking there is a coffee shop here and I was thinking about pitching them if they wanted to sell just the cowboy blend because there's a cowboy blend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, like even if they sold just the cowboy blend of Mind Dog Coffee, that'd be fucking super dope. And I, uh, I don't know what kind of deal they could get on bulk, but yeah. um, I would like to, to pitch that, that to them and see if we could get Mind Dog Coffee in a local coffee shop. That'd be fun. I got to uh, actually talk. There's a couple of, uh, that's an idea that I had locally here, but I got to talk to the distributor about how we can make that happen because they ain't going to buy it. We can't do one bag at a time, whole uh, retail price. Right. Right. Yeah. No, what I mean, though, is, is that, so yeah. that's what I'm talking about, though. What kind of, you know, because I mean, they're a coffee shop and who knows how much they might go through or yeah. whatever. Um, but, um, but yeah, what kind of deal they might be able to get to, set it up at their because it's a it, it's a locally owned place it's not a chain or whatever right. so i mean we could definitely deal directly with them uh we were talking before you got here i don't know if you caught this but uh let's see i just want to uh, let me get to today today okay today is uh what it's october 26 26 yeah. yeah 26 yes 26 so uh the actual projected date for the 500s program is monday november 6th which is uh, oh. about two weeks away and i have no idea what to do for that i'm thinking of, i want to ask andy andrews to come on for that show because he's been a big part of of this program he hasn't been on in a long time last time he was on i think just paul was still the co-host so that's oh okay but uh, i don't right. know what else to do for the 500 it should do something right 500 episode it should do something to come around well right that's all so fine you don't know who your first guest was uh find I out who don't. your last guest find out who your last guest is going to be and invite them on early no. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean Could be is any jackie available what's jackie doing i think it'd be fun to have jackie I, on at some point i, I don't, well, he's I don't coming know coming on this week right yeah he'll be on tomorrow well, he, he, yeah, but he might come back for the 500. I'm sure he would. Yeah, but he's not that interesting. I, he's not dude. that interesting. <gasps> Don't you dare say that about the joke, man.
He's absolutely right. I'll, just, I'll say that about anybody I want. I don't even know who he is. Does he have a show or something? Yeah. Is he uh, famous for something? Yeah, well, he's famous for being on Howard Stern. That's what that's his big claim to fame. He was the joke main joke writer for Howard Stern. And Oh, uh, the guy who does the black jokes. No, he no, said that teaser. before. He's never done black jokes. Yeah, he did. He's done yeah. Well, now he claims <laughs> it was a tribute to reset Fred Sanford and he was supposed to be doing them or something, but like what? Give me an example. You got the joke? You don't you don't remember the joke? I don't remember the joke because because uh this was back a long, long time ago when he first started with Howard Stern. Ah. And he, you know, and I was listening going, that's an old joke. That's somebody else's joke. He's just modernizing. Oh, every that. joke he does is an old joke. This is, he, and he, he very, basically, that is his act. It's just telling old jokes. You know, jokes is all he's ever done in joke books. He's got a unbelievable encyclopedic memory. Yeah, he, ha- every joke he has the uncanny knowledge of, of jokes. I have I hand him that I have to hand him that I just you know and, when and I was, he, he basically just gets up there and goes one joke after another like rapid fire machine for an hour and a half when I saw him the other night and I wanted to find out and I'll ask him tomorrow whether he has a plan or he's just going up there whatever pops into his head whatever joke pops into his head in that moment because it would be really hard to plan out I'm going to do these 350 jokes tonight <laughs> right and, right. <laughs> uh, well, and and like and, uh, there's so many derivatives of so many different jokes too, and right. that was one of the things that I think they touch on in the documentary. Yeah, is that it's not just it, it's it's not just knowing the joke; it's knowing the joke structure. You know what I mean? Like like when when he hears a setup, he recognizes it as the. Uh, the same vein as this other setup and so this is the punchline right. you know what i mean because yeah. and but these are the players of that same punchline you that's know correct. you just change the players of the setup like yeah. that's really that's actually probably the key to his rolodex is that he's so good at knowing what the player changes are within the setups of jokes and that's how he comes to the conclusion of what the punchline is. You've been uh, listening to Dr. Uh, William Conway, a PhD, describe the science of joke telling uh, to our audience who just fell asleep. Yeah, you Thank know you. what, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd love to ask him if that's more or less what he, you know, I'm what he's sure doing. Or I'm positive you nailed it. That's definitely yeah. it. I mean, it could, it couldn't be. You remember every single word and every single setup and every fucking joke that. Right. Yeah. Had. No. He sees. He sees the like similarities within the Unless he's a savant. Unless he's a savant. He's not a savant. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I got to be something different because, like, uh, I had a job as a night cleaner at the in a movie theater when I was like, I don't know, like eighteen, nineteen, something like that. And um, this uh, the Dude, manager of that place—they had movies back in eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> when I was eighteen or nineteen, I was saying I was oh, a night I cleaner. You, um, so this wasn't eighteen, nineteen. Golly, okay, got you. I, no, I got you. Am I'm I that bad you. at storytelling? Do I suck that much in storytelling? Is that hard uh, to follow along? Uh, <laughs> I'm just making sure. All right, I, I, I just want to. Anyway, uh, is that your way of saying we don't want to hear this? No. <laughs> no who you got in the game tonight? Who's playing football tonight? 
<laughs> oh, it's Thursday. It is Thursday. I don't know who's playing tonight. I have no idea. No, we, we, got, we gave we up picks, so I stopped giving. I stopped looking yeah, at football. We gave up we on football three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I would have been interested uh, to see. You want to finish that story? I, I would have been interested to see uh, how Willie's system worked out, but we never made it that far to find out if your system actually works. Oh. We, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, we can, I, man, it's a weird season for it too, because I mean, it's just, it's just points breakdowns and shit like that, really. Uh, but with with the weird ass scores that we've been seeing, who knows? Yeah, yeah. You mean scores that don't? Do you know who numbers? is playing tonight? Do we yeah. do we have a mybookie.com sponsorship anymore, or is that something that we we have? Yeah, we we just have the affiliate stuff, the a banner that's on the homepage, and I, you know what? I don't think it even does any traffic at all. Uh, I think because I got a letter from from them a while back ago saying we're not seeing any any. We they originally when we first became a sponsor, they were seeing lots of um, lots of increased traffic from us, and then it just dropped off. And I think did it drop off after y'all after he lost his book and y'all stopped doing the pick? We lost a lot of uh, hardcore gamblers, I guess, as as viewers and watchers. And it was long before you guys uh, came on as a regular thing. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Thank God it wasn't me. Well, no, your picture my- didn't help because I remember you you told people on a number of times that you're locked this is lock and then uh and then you yeah, come on the lock. next time and be like if you took my lock you're homeless <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah uh so i'm sorry about that fuck you people you know listening to me here's here's the thing this is what people got to understand you can bet on matt's lock you can definitely bet on matt's lock to go the other way <laughs> he's, that's not, what we, we lost GD. No, he's playing. Oh, no. He's, he's doing a Willie imitation. This is pretty good. Is right, pretty right, good. Yeah, yeah, no. I uh, mean, that should be my middle name is Technical Difficulties. That that was a dead on impersonation. I've never seen you uh, <laughs> done that well. Yeah, just, just out of nowhere. Hey, you know what? Bye. <laughs> Bye. For a sucky Hello show again. This has lasted longer. Than I, I would have imagined for a show that sucked as much as today's show sucked, but um, why did today's show just, suck? Just, I didn't think today's show. I watched much, parts just of it. How long it. Just imagine how long it felt to the people listening. I know, but <laughs> oh why? Why it sucked? And listen, I'm not. I, it's, I don't want to beat up on my guests, but if if you're on a podcast, come prepared. <laughs> to talk or on a radio show or any any live stream you come prepared to talk if somebody if a host asks you a question don't answer it maybe <laughs> you know um yes. i'm gonna don't answer it yes uh, no or maybe right stay, stay away from those three <laughs> right could be yes but yes and no but no and maybe and but keep going you just don't stop it yeah, maybe Right. <laughs> what the fuck? No, no, you know, I no. think that's a biased opinion that Kelly has right here. That's <laughs> she said. She said it only sucks when Willie isn't here. I don't know how. To, I've hit it, didn't I? I thought I touched it. Yeah, well, there we go. You know what? She's, she's biased. From, yeah, she's she's in Kansas City. They're not known for like having. 
Has there been any like intellectual giant ever come out of Kansas City, Missouri? Never, never. <laughs> not, <laughs> not once in history. So there's that. I, mean, I don't. I, there, I mean, are you sure there has I to? Think, I, I would bet that the number of intellectual uh, influencers in Kansas City is smaller than the number of inf- intellectual influencers in Grants, New Mexico. And that counts the cows. And it includes the cows. I mean, <laughs> listen, the the biggest uh, influencer here in Grants, New Mexico is a 90-some-year-old lady. I thought it was going to be you. <laughs> who controls the town like the mob. Really? <laughs> Yeah, no, no, the Wi-Fi. Even, dude, okay. like, you want so your this, Wi-Fi this, to work? Uh, come through me. This <laughs> this little old lady, um, she she's apparently changed the diapers of everyone in the county. So everyone owes her a favor. No one can tell this little old lady no. Like 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 the whole thing is ran off of favors through Miss Jamie. <laughs> you know, wow. like everybody, like oh, you need some? Go talk to Miss Jamie. She knows she, you know, because she knows somebody who can't tell her no. You know, it's like it's 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 a weird mafia setup for wow. for a little old lady. <laughs> you know, That's, you and, know, we had that in Portales. Old man Thompson ran the town, but he's dead now because he was old man in 1978 uh, when I left there. 1979 when I left there. Uh, yeah. So he, he's dead now. He's old man Thompson. But he, ro- he ruled Portales, a small town in New Mexico with an iron fist. He was like the, the mob boss of, of that. It's weird. Right. I will jokes. say, though, that like, uh, you know, but it's not like it's not like if you don't come through for her. <laughs> now he's doing a GD impersonation right back at you. And it looks pretty good. She does it with like sweetness oh. and cookies. Right. You know? <laughs> we got it. Like we could do a mad we could do a mad lib with him and have people fill in the words they're missing with doing I know, <laughs> man. It's so this is so bogus. Like, I'm so like, mad right. I'm sorry. Do, it, do you want me to go? I can just him. go. We I'm going to take a ride down there with my uh, Chromebook and see if we can get you hooked up with the Chromebook. And maybe that would be better. Oh, no, oh, that's still not know my Wi-Fi. Can you, if you did get a laptop, could you plug it into an Ethernet, or, uh, a cable modem or something like that? Uh, I mean, we ha- I'm sure we have a modem. I probably need a cord or whatever, but I could probably yeah, yeah. plug directly into what we have. That, that would definitely be better. It would, you know, a direct connection. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. And I mean, it's not, it wouldn't actually, it wouldn't be impossible for me to podcast from the living room. Um, I will be, I think November 2nd, I'm leaving for Oklahoma city. I'm going to be spending a couple weeks there nice. to go work on some music. Um, no. oh, I thought so, you were going to have uh, more sex with cows because that's what they have in Oklahoma city. I mean, no, man. but I do. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to hit some open mics while I'm there. Um, some music open mics as well, and I'm definitely gonna hit some karaoke places because there is there is one song I cannot wait to sing in Oklahoma City. What's that? Oklahoma. The Change by Garth Brooks, which oh. was written for the bombing. Um, and uh, like I've been like I I kill that song. Like when I do that song on karaoke, I put my everything into it. Like I love that fucking song, and uh, I really want to go wild some crowds uh, I'm, with I'm that tribute. Get, 
I'm going to bet that nobody in Oklahoma City has ever heard of Garth Brooks. They're like, who's that? <laughs> Get the fuck out we, of here, bro. We're all Taylor Swift fans He's over here. He's the fucking prince. Are you kidding I, me? I, we're all Taylor Swift fans. Yeah, I don't know where you come from. This Grand New Mexico bringing his Garth, whatever his name is, up here. Dude, uh, dude, listen. If you don't think Garth Brooks will forever be loved in Oklahoma, uh, he, you're crazy. I, I, you know Tom Segura because Tom Segura knows a little Jeez. bit about uh, is Garth somebody or something other somewhere. You yeah, talking you about Tom? Tom, listen, got any songs about Tom Segura? <laughs> Tom Segura, Tom Segura isn't a Garth Brooks fan. Tom Segura only likes Chris Gaines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris Gaines. You're right. Oh no. Really, really jams out to Chris Gaines though. <laughs> I think they. I think Garth Brooks actually hates Tom Segura like with a passion now. I think he's. Uh, oh, I'm he's, sure. I'm yeah, sure. He's blocked him and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, he's uh, whatever. Then bad blood there. Anyway. Yeah, because Tom's uh, Tom. He's like uh, pushing this uh, agenda that Garth Brooks is some kind of serial killer. Right, um, right, right, which I think right. is just max masking his own behaviors. By the way, now that we right. now that we want to talk about it and put it out there, absolutely. I mean, now, but I'm just when, gonna put when you this when out you want to take attention away from you, you throw it on somebody else. I I understand now. You, your premise on the Garth Brooks Oklahoma City thing is uh, kind of valid, but I know for a fact Billy Joel is Mr. Long Island. Uh, people think equate Billy Joel with Long Island, Mr. Oyster Bay. Everybody on Long Island hates his fucking guts. <laughs> so, oh, okay. All right. I, mean, Island, maybe. I guess. To Long Island and did Piano Man here, you would get fucked in the ass and sent back home to Grants, New Mexico. They'd say, get out of here with that Piano Man bullshit. Fuck that. Billy Hole. They call him Silly Hole is what they call him. So you don't you don't think that singing Garth Brooks in Oklahoma will be well received? Uh I'm betting it, it could go either way. Could go very well received. I mean, I think it I think it depends on how well you do. Yeah. I think it I think it depends on how well you do. I mean you could uh, do Billy Billy Joel Silly Hole exact people you could do a dead on impersonation of him here in Long Island and people will not respond well to it. They would hate it. It's like, all right, all right. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, good luck. We'll tape we, it. We, we, hey, we'll, we'll see. use it for content we'll on the show see. next day. Uh, Jackie will be here tomorrow, and I'm going to talk to him. He, December 8th, he's going to be in Palm Springs, Florida. I'm thinking of going. If I don't have a, a show booked on that day, I might go down to Florida uh, and hang out with you. When is that? Palm, uh, December 8th. December eighth. You know, my 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 wife and I have been talking about Florida. Where where in Palm Springs, a, Florida? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's Hanukkah, first day of Hanukkah. Not that it matters oh. to me, but it, uh, right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so big probably, day in Florida, though. I don't know. Hanukkah is not a real big Jewish holiday. They, you know, it, it's kind of a nothing holiday. It's not like right. Christmas. It's not. Well, it's, it's not really. It's it's about the crazy nights, isn't it? Yeah. There's like anyway. speaking of speaking of crazy nights, um, when will be your father-in-law's services, and will you be performing there? Performing? Why would you be performing? He's a musician. There's a song to sing to him. You know. I, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, no, yeah. I, I'd I'm rather not, play a track. I'm not going to do anything. I, I actually, I think it's November sixth. 
No, not November 6th. That would be the, the our 500, uh, my 500 show for Coffee with the Dog. Combine the two. You could do it's the show November. for November. That's, that's not okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's next Monday? Well, let me look at this. Uh, so is that the 30th? Yeah. Monday, yeah, next Monday is the 30th. Oh, no, no. It's going to be November 6th. I don't know. I think it's probably going to be Monday. Monday, to know, uh, the 30th, which is my wife's birthday, which is kind of fucked up. October 30th is her birthday. You don't want to be having your father's wake on your birthday. Dude, my dad died on my birthday, believe me. Yeah, that shit sucks. Like oh, anything wow. funeral associated on funeral and death on a birthday fucking blows, bro. Yeah, like the rest of my birthdays right. forever is just gonna be like fucking whatever. Fuck off. Wow. <laughs> like, wow. Oh yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but no, no, nothing special, nothing for me, especially uh no, it's a very dysfunctional family deal thing going on here. My wife loved her father very dearly, uh, but there's a lot of tensions going on between that family, everybody, and me. And it's not a, I'm not even sure I'm going to show up. I mean, I have to be there for my wife, but right. I might hide out in the parking lot and be there for whenever she needs me because I don't want to be, I don't want to ruin it for the family. But I know some, a lot of them don't love me. You know, I put it in you mind. actually, you actually created the discussion between my wife and I about like when her, when her dad passes. I was like, I'm, there's no way I'm going. Like, I'm I'm not going to that funeral. There's there's no way that I want to be there and talk to the other people that are going to be there. Um, like, I'm I'm good on that. Yeah. And she, but my wife, my wife requested that I at least you know go with her to the town and be in the same city so that I could be supportive, like afterwards or whatever. I should totally understand. Yeah, and she totally understands me not wanting to attend the funeral and shit, though. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough thing. You want to be there for support, but you don't want to right. be part of the yeah. Yeah, fucking mess, yeah. man. What a terrible way to end a sucky show like this. <laughs> well, my, father-in-law, my father-in-law loved me. Oh, well, that's a good way to end this, uh, this show. Yeah, he thought, I, I, he thought I was from another country. He didn't realize that I was like an, a U.S. citizen. Wow. Now, from, wait, your father-in-law's a white guy, right? Right. right. Yeah. And the, hey, right. listen. Yes, my, sec- and, my second father the good one. He, yeah. He's never actually said that he loves him, but he's but he's never told GD to go back where he came from, so he just figures that he loves him. You know what I mean? Right. And no, he, well, he, he hasn't. Said, he goes, you know, I'm going I'm to say, this is, this is, okay, this is, when I first met him, when I actually first met him, um, my he was in a home because he was quite he was quite old at that time and he was he was in a home he was in a wheelchair and my wife or then my girlfriend future wife and her sister they said to me before we go in it says okay our father doesn't speak good english so we're going to have to translate for you when you talk to him he doesn't speak good English, so he may not understand you, and you may not understand him. And I said, okay, no sweat. Uh, but I did speak a little French, because he was French-Canadian. But uh, my French isn't like conversational French. It's like, yeah, one, two, three, four. <laughs> so, but I said, okay, yeah, you, can, you can translate. So we go in, and I take his hand, and I said, um, Mr. Legacy, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. And they went to translate. They said, Pa! He said it's good to meet you. 
And I looked at him and I said, that's not translating. That is Garrett Morris yelling. Saturday Night Live. Yes. And now the news for the hard of hearing. That top story tonight. And I thought I saw left. I said, that's not translating. I said, you just do it Garrett Morris. You're just yelling uh, what I said see, now that's, that's louder. Quality. Now that's quality entertainment. I feel like we could end the show on that because that was uh, great A entertainment. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Uh, hopefully <laughs> see you guys tomorrow. Hope your Wi-Fi uh, works and all that stuff. Uh, and the people in the car apologize for yelling, but I had to do it. Yeah, they crashed anyway. Don't, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> uh, see you tomorrow. Bye. All right. I'm out of here. Uh, I got to go do what I got to do. I got to go learn some lines, man. I got to memorize my lines for the big uh, theatrical performance where I'm going to make a fool out of myself on Saturday night. Anyway, listen to your radio and I'll see you when I see you. Bye for now.
listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.